1: Air Sports 1, that's right, a very special Thursday edition of the Dr. Christopher Molinex Championship Drive. Mark and Lee, we're on the campus of St. Paul's at Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP and
2: WNSP.com. Good morning, Mr. Shervanian, sir. Mark, we had a lot of company uh, coming in across the way. Buses were out there. Uh, at least when I came, vehicles were driving in. I'm kind of curious uh, whether it's an athletic event. Or are they going on a trip somewhere or just what?
1: I get the sense it's a field trip day maybe. You think? It's a little early
2: for an athletic event unless they're traveling somewhere. That's but... what I was thinking too. That uh, are they? You know, do they have a team going on the road? They had two buses yeah. out there. Talk
1: so... sports. Don't play sports this early. That's, that's my
3: motto. <laughs> I'll
2: go along with you on the field trip since they had two buses out there. Yeah. Okay, back when... I guess it was about two years ago, a year ago, when Major League Baseball decided they're going to check pitchers coming off the mound. You know how that went. Guy would stroll to the uh, dugout, umpire would be there to greet him. Let me check your arms, Uh, let me check your glove, let me check your hand, let me check anything. And rarely, very rarely, was a pitcher tossed. Uh, They were really trying to crank down on illegal substances until yesterday arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball. Max Scherzer was sailing along three innings, one hit against the Dodgers. And maybe Dodger fans who have long memories will remember that he uh, bowed out of a very important start when he was with the Dodgers with a so-called tired arm. And yesterday, maybe they got a little bit of revenge because Scherzer was ejected. For sticky fingers, and now faces a 10-game suspension. Although I personally don't think that's, that he's going to get hit with that many games, but you never know. And to to listen to it, him talk about it, you know, he he claimed, "Look, it's just uh, sweat and rosin, no big deal." The fact of the matter was, prior to him being ejected by Phil Cousins, the umpire, he was uh, he had to change his glove. Had a new mitt. Uh, they, they warned him about this. And again, he claimed, look, it's the finger, my, my sweat from my fingers to the rosin. That's what the issue is. Phil Cousins wasn't buying it. Tossed him after three innings. To the Mets' credit, though, even without the great pitcher, they came back and beat the Dodgers.
1: Well, he, here's what I don't, somebody's not telling the truth. Now, Scherzer makes a compelling argument. Like, you'd he basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, you'd have to be an idiot after getting checked and being told you're going to be rechecked, to come back out with a different glove after they told you to change your glove and and try something stupid. He's like, you'd have to be a complete and total idiot, right? With that said, this isn't new to baseball. Sweat and rosin have been a part of the game and have been combined for years. So why is it that this official, this, this umpire, has said this second glove was not only stickier than the first, it's as sticky as anything he's ever
2: seen before, ever. Plus, you had Major League Baseball officials at the game also who were in the nearby vicinity. I'm with Scherzer on this. You'd have to be a blooming idiot to and do he, something he like that. And he might very well be. No, he isn't. He's, he's uh, what, 39? He's, he's been around the game a little bit. I think he understands the parameters and so forth. I, I mean, this has never happened to him before that I'm aware of. So he gets ejected in the fourth inning, and like I said, he faces a ten-game suspension. And again, I think something's going to happen where he's going to peel it, and I don't know if he's even going to have to serve any time. He may, but I doubt they're going to sit him out for ten games. And but uh, he had a compelling argument. I listened to his you know his argument after the game. I didn't hear the umpire, so I, I you know I always like to hear both sides, what the umpire is feeling. Why after he made him change his glove, and he listened to it why he would and, and and the fact of the matter is we haven't had a player a pitcher thrown out since when, Mark? last year maybe one time two
1: well the official says as far as i feel i feel uneasy talking about stickiness but whatever he goes as far as stickiness this was the stickiest i feel like this is my cousin vinia can you how many, how many levels of thickness have you been through, do you think? Uh, he goes, as far as stickiness, this was the stickiest it's been since I've been inspecting hands, which goes back three seasons. Compared to the first inning, it was so sticky that when we touched his hands, our fingers were sticking to his hand. He goes on a little bit afterward. But I'm just saying, these guys are inspecting rosin and sweat. 162 games a year plus the playoffs for years, for him to come out and make such a bold statement that this was the stickiest ever, something doesn't add up, right? I don't know if he's trying to impress the MLB bosses that were there and cracking down, or Scherzer, as you put it, is, quote, a blooming idiot, but something doesn't add up here. something some, Something's not right here. I, I don't know how you measure a level of, of stickiness. It's like a level thickness, I, I don't know, but clearly uh, it was to the point that he felt compelled to toss him.
2: Well, you know, I have this old saying that the, the uh, patrons come out to see the players, not the umpire. Uh, unless it was so compelling and unless they he has a good r- argument, uh, I, I think he overdid it a bit, the umpire.
1: Well, I think that was his argument. Was it? it was his hand? His his hand was literally sticking to Scherzer's hand when he touched him. And you and I always disagree on this. You say this, and it gets under my skin.
2: The, the really? pa- yeah, under the your part, skin. Yeah, the part about. Oh, gee, how bad is that? Yeah. Well, it's sticky. You so see a dermatologist. Yes. Don't you? Do you know one? <laughs> yeah, I do. A very good. One, so when too. you
1: say people don't come out to watch the umpires, they come out to watch the players. It sounds like you give players. A free pass on anything because because you want to see those players. If they're not abiding by rules, generally speaking, I'm not talking specifically about Scherzer, then then you're like, oh, whatever. It's like let's let's give them all six fouls or seven fouls because why do you
2: call a foul on the big guy in the NBA playoffs? We came to see the star. We're talking baseball now. Let's not get to the other thing yet. All right,
1: we're not. We're staying on the we're staying, staying on a on topic baseball. that you brought up, which is uh, you would you would rather. Guys get a pass so that fans can see the superstar play. Well, are you play? convinced
2: Scherzer did anything wrong? No, but the official is. Okay, so you're not, so why would you disagree with me unless you know for sure? You I, always jump to conclusions without really knowing all no, the facts. My,
1: what I'm saying is that you always give the big-name player the benefit of the doubt, not because you think he's right, but because you want to see him play and you don't think officials should toss guys because
2: of the sta- their, their athletic status. That, well, I can't sit here and, and believe that you actually understand all this stuff about whether the fingers are sticky. If it's sticky from rosin, so what? That that happens. There's no conclusion. Well, why do evidence. you think I wouldn't you, understand what, that? What did he do? Because you're always looking for these little things like, you know, did Scherzer do anything wrong? We don't know that he did. That's According to point. the
1: umpire, did. And my, po- my point is somebody's saying something that's not accurate. How does an umpire come out? Rosin and Sweat, like I said are not new to the game, right? They combine with each other all the time. Exactly. Right. So, so why, why is it that this umpire is saying his glove, his second glove, is stickier than the first glove?
2: Do you, do you believe that Scherzer actually did anything wrong, seriously? I'm simply asking the question. Well, I answer, the answer, I answer my question. Do you think he did? I don't. I
1: think he would be a complete idiot.
2: to Right. Do. So, But I'm saying, what is it
1: that, why, is he sweatier than any other pitcher in the history of baseball? Did he use more rosin than any other bit player in baseball history? I mean, clearly I'm not very smart, as you pointed out, when it comes to these matters, Lee. And neither am I. I so, didn't pitch. so my point is,
2: why wouldn't, why would it be so sticky then? I can't answer that. Maybe he had honey between, uh pitches that's, you know, a, that's maybe a good when one like, that. yeah, like, a good to we might, solved it all if I, I have solved come it in all. here and my separate fingers, you two I will my fingers get very sticky <laughs> when I have honey with my teeth and, so and I've, the seen, thing you, I could think I've of. seen you have honey in between
1: hey,
4: innings Scherzer could have gone over to change that club grab some honey gone out there it's possible
2: or glue Maybe he had to glue something together in his glove. <laughs> yes, yeah. Maybe he, was help-
1: maybe he was helping a kid with his with his kindergarten project yeah. in between innings. Oh my exactly. gosh,
4: I'm gonna go back up front with the bus. I just thought I had to separate you two kids back here, but no, you guys seem okay. like you're getting that's along. all right. All no, right. I, I still
2: and right. in baseball over the years, I think some um- and not not in this case, but I mean, yeah, I still subscribe to the fact that some umpires, eh, little thin, thick, thin skin, and let players get to them too easily toss them you know at the expense of good players being sent out of games it doesn't happen that often anymore because of things that have gone on with video replay and everything so you don't have as many arguments but it's always been my my contention the umpires are there to umpire not to steal the show (laughs) bite on that one buddy (laughs) so you you, you here we go we're going to try and interpret what i'm saying now i still contend that umpires Especially this new wave of umpires have a tendency to overdo things. Which ones? Oh, you want me to name them? Yeah. I just said the new wave of umpires. Yeah, which the ones? veterans? Well, I don't know all their names, Mark. So you're just assuming? No, I, I'm telling you this new wave compared to the old school. When I first started playing baseball, they'd let a lot fly. You could get away with a lot more saying stuff to umpires and things like that. The new wave came up, and it just as they've had different reaction to players, and they're they're very prone to toss them rather than let them have their say but again we have to back off of that because with video replay we don't have as many arguments these days
1: so scherzer got tossed because the umpire wanted to be the the, the main star oh, of the show you know,
2: we'll see what happens uh, as far as how baseball handles this
1: all right so so baseball will then find out whether the umpire wanted to steal the show well you and kick shirts are out because
2: Oh here he we went... are the, the courtroom with Mark. Okay. I'm telling you, I didn't see anything that he did that would indicate he deserves to be ejected, but something may come out. Now if I can't believe and I'll say this for the third time, please then maybe it'll sink in, that he'd be an idiot to do something like that after having already been warned and given his glove. He can't be that stupid.
1: You said that three times? Third time. Third time? Okay. Yeah. I wonder who said that first.
2: You did, huh? Okay. You said it first. All right. I can see you had yourself quite a night. I suspected when you came in here something was wrong. Oh, because I'm uh, I'm not agreeing with no. You, with I don't your want you to agree. Take? I, I don't want you to agree with my baseball take.
1: Actually, we took a caller says three pitchers have been kicked out
2: for sticky substance this year, all by the same umpire. Who were the three? Can I ask? Does he know? I'm curious because I haven't heard. No, of it any. was off the air. Oh, okay, because, please, I'd like to know, because I had not heard of a uh, player being tossed, and Cousins threw them all out?
1: Uh, apparently, uh, wow. it was the same one. Okay. Look, I'm I, i, look, I, I I'm saying, like you, you would have to be an idiot. Like Scherzer says, you'd have to be an idiot. All I'm saying is, how, why is this guy going on on the record to say it was the stickiest glove Something doesn't make sense there. If it's the stickiest glove
2: he's ever seen, or whatever the the, the quote was, I think he was referring to the hand, the stickiest hands. That then did you say? Didn't you say something? He shook his hand or, or touched his hand, and it was stickier than any other hand he ever touched. Yep. Yeah. That's a good thing you didn't touch mine after I've had honey and tea. Hey now, hey. Uh, let's see. We have time for anything else, or to, before we take a break? Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Stay with a couple topics. Well, we do have uh, Shane coming in to talk about. Uh, that's why we're here. Talk about uh, spring. Tua had a press conference yesterday, and uh, basically uh, came out and said, "Look, I was very much concerned about the concussions as well." He should. I I'd certainly agree with that, but. Uh, he said he thought about retiring mark and then decided no um i'm going to come back and then he and then he got to the point about the kids you know his kids seeing him play and things like that the legacy um i just hope this translates into i'm so worried about him i'm worried about the next concussion with him you know and i you know i know that can happen to any player but he has a history of it and he had what two last year at least two or three that knocked him out yeah so he had a press conference to explain why he he is coming back that he considered retirement but then thought better of it
1: yeah uh i'm i'm just i actually i'm glad that he had the conversation with people to even consider it a lot of guys wouldn't I would seriously consider it if it were me or, I mean, if you went through that at, you know, at 25 or 30 in today's day and age, I think, I mean, we, we often forget, I mean, what that video looked like when he stumbled and fell. Like, that's that's scary stuff, man. So I think you, you have to have that conversation uh, with people around you. And with yourself about, do I really want to continue to do this? Is this something that's really in my best interest?
2: Well, let's go back uh, in history, and there are many, many NFL players, you know, old-timers who have had the effects of injuries, head injuries, concussions, and, we, we, you know, I'm not going to get too deep into that now, but, you know, because they claim they didn't know, well, more information is out there now, and does Tua consider the fact, whoa, could happen down the road when he's 50 or 60, how this is going to affect him, whether he's able to have his full faculties, mentally speaking, or whether that, you know, the the, uh, the brain is going to be affected by these concussions. That's, that's a serious thing, and he has to consider that. You know, it's one thing to say, well, I want to play, let my kids see me play, but what about right. true, you know, real life uh, afterwards, uh, 20, 30 years now, which... There have been many old-timers in the NFL who claim they didn't know about this, and that's why they sued, because they weren't told that there were a- areas of concern after yeah, their playing days.
1: I-, I want my kids to see me in my athletic prime, but it ain't going to
2: happen. So. <laughs> why, well, you told me you play basketball with it? <laughs> yeah, Come on not now. Not very well. Uh, all and right. I want to mention uh, another ha- a Heim hit a home run yesterday, so congratulations. Right. The but family ac- carries on.
1: According to the app, I don't even like baseball, and there's my family out there knocking dingers, so what can I say? We're versatile. All right. You want to give us the scoreboard traffic and weather? How I about will that? do so.
2: Anything you want, Mark. It's All your right. show.
1: Yep. Uh, we're, it's the Dr. Christopher Vermonix uh, championship drive. Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of St. Paul's. Here comes your first scoreboard traffic and weather of the day. We'll talk uh, to St. Paul's AD coming up. We'll also talk baseball and softball in hour number one. A little soccer as well. Paul Feinbaum is going to join us. And Eli Gold, too, in hour number two. So we got a lot going on today on this Thursday edition. Stay with us.
5: Hi, this is Rivers, football coach at St. Michael Catholic. You're listening to WNSP Sports Radio. It's a win, and obviously on this side, a lot of Jamal Murray. Canyon,
6: double Murray is back. It's- Hey,
1: welcome back in. 624 here. It's our Dr. Christopher Monex Championship Drive. Mark and Lee in the uh, mobile studios of Air Sports 1 on the campus of St.
2: Paul's. The first of our championship drives this week. Uh, were brought to you in part by Hancock Whitney Bank, by Sonorama, Harvey and Thomas, orthodontics, and the Will Barnes family of McDonald's restaurants. We welcome in Shane Sullivan, who put the morning. show together today. The yeah. athletic director, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Morning, Mark. Morning, Lee. You know, we're closing in on uh, championships. Uh, we are. Areas and things like that. Yeah. Any any uh, programs here at St. Paul's that have a shot? No, absolutely.
7: Absolutely. You know, we've got six programs in the spring that compete, plus uh, lacrosse, actually, is coming in, coming into St. Paul's. But, yes, uh, our, our teams right now, uh, baseball, uh, won the area championship. And, and we'll start play on uh, Friday against Marbury, starting at 4 o'clock. So that's the first round of the baseball play. Also, we'll host. We won area, too. Uh, uh, softball is starting their area play. they got their area tournament coming in May. Uh, so that's upon us. And, uh, and Lonnie and, and the softball team are, are getting ready for that. Um, our track team right now, they're getting ready for, I think, regionals, uh, no, sectionals next week. Uh, but I'm telling you, they have had a remarkable season. They, they've got a lot of seniors on their team. And, uh, and of course, you know, James. Annie Ford, a sophomore, who's the coach's daughter, has really just exploded. She's hit a couple of uh, 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 school records for sure, but last week they went to Mountain Brook and they had over 3,000 participants in a two-day tournament and ended up getting second. And, and a four-by, I think it was four-by-400, uh, um, they set a school record that they had set for 11 years. And uh, Matt Conwell, he run a mile around 414. I mean, they are just smoking, and some of the seniors are. Emily Miles and, and, um, and Stone Smith and some of the others. I think Carly Perkins had a had her career high of 12 foot on a pole vault. So overall, we're doing very well uh, in spring and uh, tennis um, on Monday. Won sectionals. I'm not going to say who they beat, but they uh, uh, they won four they four and two in singles and two out of three. Uh, the girls was and the boys the first time in five years won sectionals. So our so our boys and girls tennis team uh, won sectionals. and are getting ready for state. Um, uh, soccer. Our girls soccer team won their area and will host. Uh, don't know who they host either McGill or Fairhope. I think they play Friday night so uh getting ready for them and, and and golf golf is very young but the girls we had a player of the week and uh so they're doing very well also so
2: yeah i was looking at the uh top 10 i think st paul's aren't they in the top 10 in women's soccer. Uh, yes, I thought um, I saw that, oh, okay. but I didn't realize you were 7A.
7: Yes, we are. We have two sports right now, soccer and, and golf is 7A. Uh, um, outdoor track, 6A. Baseball and softball are, are 5A. And of course, tennis is 6A in there with Mountain Brook are very strong. You know, I will throw this in there. Mountain Brook, I know when my daughter played uh, girls' tennis, they were 7A and had won it back-to-back-to-back to back to back years. And then of course, when uh, the new enrollment come out, they moved down to 6A. So they They won it three years in a row in 7A and then they had to come down to 6A and I think they have won it since COVID for about Two or three years now. So you booked uh, Blaine Krim, a yes. former St. Paul's baseball star. Absolutely. The show. What What's he doing? Or w- he's with the AAA Texas Rangers right now, and uh, he he started out. He got an invite uh, to the big club during spring, and that, that was very exciting for him. And then uh, they moved him down to uh, AAA, and this week he actually hit his first home run uh, in AAA. So he's uh, he's doing well. He's living in Texas, married, and uh, uh, I think I think he's going to call in eight thirty this morning and uh, calling from California. I hope so. That, yeah, it's a yes. little bit of a time difference. Yes, there, it but, is. Uh, yes. And I know how players <laughs> like to sleep in when
2: they play uh, night baseball. Yep. So you also mentioned uh, a coaching change here with uh,
7: with Amanda. Yes, we have a coaching change. Uh, Amanda is uh, is is leaving us and uh, and heading to Saraland, and uh, we uh, just hired and announced yesterday Kent Fullington. Kent's coming from coming from Silicaga and has done a really good job there. He's also got uh, some stops in and born and raised around Vestavia Hills and Mountain Brook. So very energetic uh, uh was a great great interview and just loving him to death so we're very excited about the direction of our girls program and uh and hiring of kent
2: thank you for sh- coming and thank you for putting uh-huh. the show together for us hey, no I problem really appreciate it yeah no problem and it's nice that everybody can hear it today yeah
7: that's right <laughs> i do want to talk about lacrosse a little bit right, well, why don't
2: you hang in there yep. and we'll
7: have you come back right back to do that that'll all be right? great
2: all
1: thank right you. we're gonna step aside and come right back uh, we'll talk some uh baseball and softball as well Uh, It's the uh, Dr. Christopher Mullinex Championship Drive Thursday edition. We're at Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of St. Paul. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP.
7: You want them to cut that ball and throw you out.
0: Judge dives and makes the play. He
5: took an extra base hit away from Drury and he saved the run. Judge hey, at 632,
1: thanks for making uh, us part of your morning. It's the Dr. Chris from Championship Drive, Thursday edition. Mark and Lee in Air Sports one were on the campus of St. Paul's.
2: Aaron Judge had two outstanding defensive plays. That one came in the eighth inning. To rob Drury and and prevent the uh, go-ahead run, and then the Yankees won that game in extra innings, three to two. He also had a two-run home run. Thanks to Greer's Markets and Cash Saver, uh, Beef O'Brady's in Tillman's Corner, Rich's Car Wash. Ward International Trucks, L&S Air Conditioning, and Green and Phillips Injury Law Firms. Athletic Director Shane Sullivan, uh, standing by with yeah. a report on lacrosse. Yeah,
7: we're trying to get that going here, and uh, I know uh, the 29th and 30th here, they're going to have the league championship on campus. That's a Saturday and a Sunday, and it's no admission. Um, but uh, we'll have a lot of lacrosse on for those two days, and it'll be a big day here. So, uh, if you get a chance, come out and uh, and check out the lacrosse in this area. It'll be it'll be some good teams here. It'll be some good competition, but we've got you know we got a girls and boys team. Uh, uh, Jake Epker coaches our girls, and Joe Russell coaches our our guys. And uh, uh, and we've been doing this for you know a good while now, I, you know. But we, we seem to be right at the threshold of, of, of trying to to create a team, um, to get a full team here at St. Paul's. And uh, so we're still working, we're still encouraging kids to come out. We have reached down into our lower levels now, and I think we've got you know lacrosse sticks and kids' hands all the way down to kindergarten right now. So there's a push for it, and it's exciting. And and, uh, uh, you know, we we, we, we have we don't have enough field space, but we're working with uh, them, trying to get them on campus more. But uh, so there's some excitement going around campus about lacrosse. Right? Fantastic. Yes.
2: All right, let's bring in Lonnie Rollins, the uh, softball coach. In- any excitement there with softball this year?
5: Oh yeah, oh yeah. We're we played a, a brutal schedule. We're right around 500. Uh-huh. Uh, we got our area. We got a couple more weeks of regular season. We play this weekend in a tournament down in Gulf Shores, and uh, then next we finish our regular season next week, uh, next Tuesday and Wednesday, and then the following weeks our area tournament. And are you hosting? No, no, unfortunately no. But Faith Academy is. It's a Faith Academy, us Citronelle and Viger. Do you coach a lot differently in softball as when you were a football coach? Not really. Not, not, not a whole lot. Uh, just uh, details, uh, intensity, you know, focus, uh, energy, get after it. You know, put so, a hat uh, on
1: somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: uh, yeah, take a hack. <laughs> take a hack. Uh, so not, not really. I, I know, you know, the uh, several of the girls. You know, they, hey, coach us like you coach them. Coaches like he coached them, you know. Just just you know, coaches coaching. coaches coaches. So not not a whole lot different. You mentioned brutal schedule. Has that made
2: you a better team now? I mean, it's one thing to schedule tough, but has it paid off? I think so. We'll
5: see. We'll see for sure. Uh, like for instance, I played Fairhope last Friday night in a tournament. I play them again uh, this Friday night in the tournament. We played Baker. Uh, we played Alma Bryant twice. I mean, we've played. So I, I looked at it. We've played 18 games against 6- and 7-A uh, programs. Now you're 5-A in so We're 5-A.
2: We're 5-A. So. I don't know who keeps track of all of I know it's crazy. It's nuts. I mean, really.
5: you know, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And then Andy and I—we're softball and baseball, but our area teams are different. I they're not—they're not all the same. Yeah, it's not all the same because Faith Academy's up in baseball. You know, and then I think he has Lafleur uh, in his area. I think you know, came up. and Mobile, yeah, Mobile Christian is in his. you in the his?
2: same area with Mobile Christian. Right.
5: So, so our, you talk about keeping track of it. It's just impossible. I, yeah, it's just everything's different for sure.
2: So. Andy Robbins, longtime baseball coach. So, what do you make of this? Uh, you're what, 5A or 4A?
8: We're 5A, and it's like musical so, chairs every all right,
2: year. So, Mobile Christian then is 5A in baseball. Mm-hmm. All right, so who are some of the other programs that you have to get by to to reach the state level.
8: Well, right now, we play Marbury tomorrow, and that's uh, number one in my focus for sure. So uh, I play, we play. played well, play. They're them. not
2: in your area, are they? Marbury, where are they located? Well, that's
8: we, the first round of the playoffs tomorrow. Oh, it is already? Yeah, yeah they're right you above you still have Rebel. two
5: weeks to go? Two weeks But we end at the same time because we do tournaments in softball. So the area tournament, the regional tournament, the state tournament, whereas they have two out of three playoffs every weekend. So it all ends at the same time. So is it still best two out of three?
8: Yeah. Yes, sir.
2: All right. Is that home or away?
8: We play at home. We're pretty we're, – we're lucky.
2: <laughs> so what do you got uh, going pitching-wise for the first two games? And what – what, tell us what the rule is for pitch how, – how long pitchers can go and all that kind of stuff. Yeah,
8: how long do you have? Because uh, <laughs> we, we, we ran into that a couple of weeks ago. We we're playing uh, area game. And uh, all my pitchers are freshmen and sophomores. They have 100 pitches, 100 pitches and –
2: that's the rule of the state or yours.
8: State, and uh, if you're a junior senior, you get 120. So we're we're rocking along. My number one, John Stowers, he's a freshman, and he's throwing well. And two outs in the sixth inning, he hits his pitch count. So we have to make the decision. We bring our number two in to, to finish the game, and and uh, we're hoping we can keep him under 25 pitches so he can throw the next day in the area. So we 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 throw him in there and uh, gets us puts the fire out in the sixth. In the seventh, he gets to 23 pitches, and, and uh, Coach Bulow and I, were over there trying to figure out. I mean, we, you know, we, we, we pre-think all this stuff, but it's definitely different when you get in the game, and we're hoping he can be under 25. Then we have to make the decision. Uh, we're going to finish that game. The first win is huge, and we we made a decision to uh, throw him through 28 pitches, and we, we couldn't throw him the whole next so
1: day. So, you, you touched on something here. You obviously got – you guys are, and other coaches around the area are keeping close tabs on the number of pitches. So if you guys are – the kids are. The kids know when they're on the mound how many they got. And in that situation, that's got to put more pressure on your guide to think, man, i got to be really efficient here. And that puts more pressure on him throwing the right type of pitches and and, and getting guys out on limited pitches.
8: Great point, Mark. I mean – every pitch is precious that's what i tell tell our guys every pitch is precious and it puts a lot of pressure on them even O2 counts uh leaving well, around baseball a long time we used to waste pitches and you know throw up yeah. and up and away whatever you can't do that now you, you cannot i mean one pitch is huge uh, especially in that aspect so no you and, and especially you know we don't need umpires with little tight zones and stuff right. so strikes are at well, a premium
2: i don't know if high school balls like Major League Baseball, but boy, there's so many foul balls these days. Oh. All these hitters, a lot of these hitters just keep fouling pitches off, and that builds up your pitch count.
8: I, I think hitters are definitely better. They're bigger and stronger now, and you're right. There's there's so many foul balls, and like I said, every pitch counts. Then, then if you make an error, I mean, that's what I tell our kids all the time, we got to take care of the baseball because you make air and heck you got another 15 pitches
1: So do you all do you ask at times? Do you ask your hitters or do hitters in general now? Are they asked to work the count a little bit more today? For for that reason as, as a, a strategy against a certain pitcher or
8: certain teams? of course. Yeah, we we You we, uh, our our Hitters are really smart nowadays. They know their zones very well, so they'll they'll they're waiting on their pitch So yeah. pitchers are gonna throw more and they you know They fight with two strikes, so they're going to foul off a lot of pitches. So, Andy, what time are the games tomorrow? Uh, Four and six. So two out of three,
2: you start. This is your first uh, round game, and, of course, after this, uh, winner will go where? Do you know yet how this will work We will play
8: the winner of uh, Tallassee and Valley. They're around the Auburn-Georgia line.
2: Can you yeah. guys tell us a little
1: bit of a Beef O'Brady's Todd song Very gracious, giving us always the student athletes of the week for softball it was Kendall Doherty, and for baseball Taylor Odell. Can you talk a little bit about those guys and, and some of their teammates quickly?
8: Uh Taylor Odell and uh, Ed- Edward McLeod are uh, two sophomores, and we're we're really young. We start six freshmen and sophomores, and they've really they've really done well. But those two have carried us all year, especially swinging the bat. I mean, yeah. They've, they've hit multiple home runs and just are responsible for most rbis and just and they play anywhere we put them outfield and infield we have, we've had them everywhere
1: very cool. Well, they each uh, received a gift certificate for one free meal to VFO Brady's out there in Tillman's Corner. Right. Uh, I know you guys are excited about their, their performances.
5: No doubt. Kendall is, is a freshman as well. Uh, Kendall's uh, she catches for us. She plays second force, She's a slapper, but she doesn't just slap. She hits also. She's a she's just a competitor. She's one of those. You know, she's just a pain in the pitcher and the pitching coach call it pitch's tail. She's just she's hard to strike out. She bats. Uh, She's she's just one that everybody wants on their team. She's one of those kids. She, She had a great week, there's no doubt. Andy,
2: many great teams have come through here at St. Paul's, many outstanding players. How does this team stack up? And I I guess my my concern, you're just going basically with freshman and sophomore pitchers as opposed to guys that have been through the mill before?
8: It's it's hard to compare teams, but these guys have done very well. Like I said, we're we're young everywhere, but we never use that as an excuse. I mean, we expect the same things, uh, you know, win the area. And take each uh, round and, and win state and these guys have responded Now we've made some uh, you know young mistakes and which you, you're, going, you're going to do that but they have responded very well and very pleased where we are we just got to take it the rest of the way.
2: Getting back to this pitch count thing about with starters and you said sophomores and freshmen are limited to the 100 and that obviously you know will relate to what happens during the state and i assume you you keep your own stats but am is there somebody on the state level who keeps stuff like that too or
8: yeah they, they they've tried several different ways and what we do now i have like four or five different guys in my dugout so we're aware every every pitch that our kids throw and we can validate that um, there's a thing called game changer that everybody uses now, and it counts every pitch. And you know we're supposed to go between innings, and they'll have a pitch counter too. And you have to do that because there's been issues.
2: Oh, you know the there's someone in the other dugout that's <laughs> going to remind you if you go over that pitch. Oh, count. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> My point was, do you have somebody who can come out of the bullpen? Let's say if your pitcher gets to 100 in the sixth inning and just close out, and then save him for the second game in case you need to bring him in.
8: Okay. Uh, the format now in, in area play, we play uh, the first game is a single game, and the, we play the doubleheader the next day. Uh, playoff rounds, you play a doubleheader first day, so that's huge. So, I can bring in a reliever, and it doesn't matter how many pitches he throws; he's still got 100. I can start him the second game, so that's 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 definitely a plus.
2: All right. Well, good luck to you. Thank you. All right, we'll be following that, Lonnie. Good luck to the uh, St. Paul Saints softball team. Thank
5: you. Thank you. All right, we appreciate schedule... you guys.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, guys. No, no. I was just say schedule a little easier next year.
5: No. <laughs> schedule a little easier. No, we're gonna we're gonna keep it tough and, and keep it a
2: challenge for well, sure. Uh, if you stay at 500, they're not gonna move you up to 7A. So that's a good
5: thing. <laughs> <laughs> no kid, no kid. No, I don't. All that matters, like basketball. All that matters is that area tournament and yeah. then the regionals and then the state tournament. The regular season just getting you ready guys it's good to see both of you it's been too long yeah, y'all was y'all really well. thank y'all so much uh
1: so uh if you guys are around the age of retirement you need to listen up you've heard me talk about aiden marks in, of medicare insurance advisors he helps you guys get ready for uh the coverage in medicare what type of medicare you need but what is medicare insurance advisors it's been it was founded back in 2012 the focus is community resource for the senior market. Uh, they want to be different than any other agency in the senior market by providing really a custom experience for their clients and their in the community. So the process is centered around providing education and long-term support. It's not just a one-time enrollment meeting. So Aiden will have different clients that have different issues, right, and he can help with any of that. He had a guy, he had to, uh, kept putting off Medicare simply because he was healthy. He felt like he didn't need health insurance. So he helped him get everything set up. Dealt with a little bit of a small penalty, but got things moving quickly. And those are just—that's just some of the things that Aiden Marks can help you with. He's been in the business for 13 years. Works with multiple carriers. He's helped hundreds, just like you, in Mobile and Baldwin County. He's um, local. He's knowledgeable. And he has that physical location. You can go see him at his office in Daphne on Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet. Or he can come to you. And here's the best part. Never a fee for his services. So give Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors a call. 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Tell them we sent, him, sent you guys over from WNSP. When we come back, we'll talk a little soccer uh, here at St. Paul's. Paul Feinbaum will join us at 7 o'clock. Eli Goal at 7.30. So we've got a lot going on here. It's a special Thursday edition of the Dr. Christopher Monix Championship Drive. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1 right here on the sports station WNSP.
9: This is Jason Caffey. Thank you for listening to WNSP 105.5 FM. he said my hand's too sticky and i said i swear on my kid's life i'm not using anything else this is sweat and rosin sweat and rosin i keep saying it over and over and they touch my hand they say it's sticky and i like yes it is because it's sweat and rosin and they say it's too sticky it's not and they threw me out hey it's 650
1: welcome back in it's our dr chris from championship drive here at st paul's Mark and Lee, right here on a special Thursday edition.
2: You just heard from Max Scherzer uh, with the media after the uh, ejection yesterday and Max facing a 10-game suspension after the umpire Phil Cousins tossed him uh, for stickiness on his fingers. And as you heard Scherzer say, that was just rosin and sweat, and it was no big deal. You know what's not a big deal? The St. Paul's Women's Soccer Program. And what a year they are having, moving up to 7A. Spencer Duran is with us right here in Air Sports 1 at St. Paul's Episcopal School. Uh, I saw that you're ranked
3: number nine now in the state, first year in 7A. How's that? Yes, sir. Good good morning, and thank you for having us. And, and yes, sir, we are. We finally broke into the top ten rankings, and we are ranked number nine in 7A.
2: That's fantastic. Now, let's let's backtrack a little bit, uh, your background, because I think, is this your first year coaching the varsity?
3: It's my first year coaching the varsity girls. Last year, I coached the middle school boys program, so it's been uh, quite a shift, quite a difference, um, but I have absolutely enjoyed every moment of taking over the varsity girls program. What kind of a soccer background did you have, Spence? Uh, my family is soccer obsessed. Uh, I have an older sister. She played all the way throughout her whole life and played collegiately, and then I played my entire life as well, so my family has just been... Been dedicated and obsessed with soccer since I was about three years old. Ever since I knew, and um, always been a part of my life. And I've coached it um, for about eight years now. Uh, six years in Houston, and now two years here in Alabama. Yeah, you're a Texan, right? You I am indeed. In Texas, yes, sir. Uh, how'd you wind up in Mobile? Well, I, I met a beautiful woman, and, and she convinced me to get married and move here to Mobile, and I'm not too mad about it. Well, I'm sure the St. Paul's people are very happy that she did the convincing. <laughs> All right, talk about the team. First year,
2: you, you elevate up to 7A. What has yes, the transmis- transition been
3: like for the St. Paul's to move into the state's highest category? It's been uh it's been a challenge but one that we've um, accepted and done very well with. We um we're 17-2 and 3 overall in our season, so we've had an incredible season so far. We're 7-0 in our area and um, I get to say that we earned the first 7A area championship for the girls soccer program. Um, it is uh it's amazing to watch our girls compete against schools that have, you know, 2000 kids. Um in their you know, 9 through 12 when, when we barely have that across our K through 12. Um, so the competition is, is at a very high level, but our girls are willing to, to work every day to, to match that and, and beat it often. So what's next up? Uh, what's next wise? up? What's we've next got up? we've got one last area game. Uh, we got a great win against Daphne last night, one to zero, late game. Came back, didn't get back to school until about ten o'clock last night. Um, and we've got two more regular season games. Next Tuesday we play Davidson. Next Wednesday we play St. Michael's. Those will be both great tune-up games. And then May first or second we'll be in our first round of the playoffs. Is that a single elimination or double? It is single elimination. We, um, at the moment, looking like we will play either Fairhope or McGill, and since we were able to, to win our area, we'll get to host our first round of the playoffs. Talk about some of the players who have put you uh, in the top ten. We have an incredible team from top to bottom. Um, our senior leadership has been incredible. We've got four wonderful seniors, um, and then what's really special about this team is is we have a, a really young core of, of talented hard-working girls so this team I think is going to be going to be a problem for other schools for a long while Let's start. Uh, Our top goal scorer, Emily Miles. Uh, You might have heard about her when when you were talking about track with Shane earlier. She's an incredible track athlete. She's also a wonderful, wonderful soccer player. She's a junior. She scored 20 goals for us this season. She scored all four of our goals in our Baker area game uh, that helped us secure our area championship. Um, We've got wonderful uh, leadership in the back with Cecilia Antoon. She's one of our seniors. She plays center back alongside Lucy Travis, who's a freshman. Um, They're a very hard duo to get by. We, We have scored 85 goals this season, but only given up 11. So um, we've just got great talent all the way around. Congratulations, thank you, really. And good luck
2: to you and the St. Paul's team. Are you the, uh, no, I think uh, uh, Shane said there was another 7A program here besides golf. Golf, that was it. Okay. All right. Well, that'd be wonderful if we could go all the way this year, huh? That would be wonderful.
3: We're going to make the biggest playoff push that we can. So if anybody's listening, come out and support us on May 1st or 2nd. Thank you so much. Good luck.
2: All right. That's uh, Shane Duran. He is the girl soccer coach. They are ranked in the top 10. Our team of the day is bachelor service. That's right. They've been in business for well over 50 years. They're a Dykin comfort pros, the largest maker of air conditioners in the world. Uh, they Many times you've heard us talk about the $79 tune-up special. They'll come to the home and service the heating and air conditioning needs. They check all the boxes. They have uh, plumbing services available. They have uh, house generators in stock. And they offer energy savings maintenance agreements for heating and air conditioning and generators. And as you've heard, Rick True, for the last two weeks, and he'll be back with us when we get to May, Uh, they're running a charity right now, so you can go online and uh, vote. And, you know, he'll give us uh, an update in a couple of weeks on how that is going. You can reach Bachelor's Service right down the street here at Old Shell Road at uh, 476 4321 or visit Bachelor Service at bachelorsservice.com. Rick True, he's the guy that runs it. He's the the coach, and we really appreciate them being our team of the day.
1: Uh, Quickly, uh, we haven't had much time to talk about, uh, or any time really, we've been so busy. Uh, Dylan Brooks had some words for LeBron James. You see that? So LeBron starts, uh, I guess, getting mouthy about the fact that uh, Dylan picked up his fourth foul last night. Brooks said of James... I don't care. He's old. You know what I mean? I was waiting for that. I was expecting him to do that game four, game five. He wanted to say something when I got my fourth foul. He should have been saying that early on, but I poke bears. I don't respect no one until they come and
2: give me 40. Give credit to Memphis anyway. You know, they didn't have Morant, but they came out and they held off the Lakers. And Dylan Brooks had, I, I believe, that not only did he have a really good offensive game, Mark, but I think wasn't he the one uh, basically guarding. Le, uh, LeBron James and keeping him in check. Although James did score 28 points to his credit, they did not get a good game from Anthony Davis. Uh, that, that was a real key in the game. But you know, Dylan Brooks pokes the bear. Hey, look, I want to say this to Dylan. Old is just a number. Yeah, we know that. Uh, at, at his age, I don't want is he 40 now? He's still playing at a high level. Well.
1: I, clearly, I'm the Dylan Brooks of WN, are, of this and I, show, and you're LeBron, and I'm going to poke the bear because you you, you're old.
2: I am older than uh, you. I am older than you, but wiser.
1: He said... Uh, you didn't catch that? He, yeah. yeah I, okay, oh, I wiser caught that. and wiser. Yeah, uh, he said, uh, you can't take me one-on-one. You haven't. You go look at the film. He doesn't really take me one-on-one until that moment. So, all right, LeBron, balls in your court. That might be the... Like, this is reminiscent of when Jordan came back with the 45 and they played the Orlando Magic and Nick Anderson stole it from him. And he's like, I didn't steal it from 23, I stole it from 45. The next game he showed up in his 23 jersey. It, <laughs> LeBron, this is your time to shine, son.
2: Kind of, now, take away Morant, okay, for a while. You know, he's had some off the court. But isn't Dylan Brooke, every now and then, it's more so that he gets in the news for things he says after the game more so than his play on the court. I know he's a good player. But I'm, I'm trying to recall, and maybe Nick back in the studio keeps track of this more than I do. Things have happened with Dylan Brooks over the last couple of weeks, uh, which has put him into the forefront. And I'm going to say this. I would be careful. Now, that doesn't apply. you know. Today, everybody goes out and yaps off anyway. But you're going back to Los Angeles, right? They're going to have the home crowd. It's a 1-1 series. Lakers got one. In Memphis. If I was Dylan Brooks, I wouldn't poke the bear until, if, unless they win this year. That's
1: what he does. He pokes the bear. I agree with you. We yeah. actually agree here. Yes! You get the win. You get the win. Right. They, Don't give that dude any
2: more bulletin no. board material. That's like, come on. Yeah. Um, you're going back. It's not like you have home court advantage. Either. What if the Lakers go and, you know, win the next two games? Then is that going to shut them up?
1: Ah. <sighs> That's the music, so I guess we have to shut up. Paul Feinbaum set to join us next. It's a special Thursday edition of our Dr. Chris Monach's Championship Drive from St. Paul's. We're in Air Sports 1 right here on the sports station, WNSP. Welcome back in on a special Thursday edition of our Dr. Christopher Monex Championship Drive edition. Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of
2: St. Paul's. All right, let's get to our next guest, Mr. Paul Feinbaum with ESPN and the SEC Network. Paul, welcome to our show. We're on location today, but we're glad that you're able to join us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Paul. Uh, how are I think you? We lost him. We're going to try to reconnect All right. with him. We'll try to connect with him. We'll talk some SEC football, some of the things to look for when we get to the uh, Alabama A Day game on Saturday, which, by the way, uh, will be broadcast on WNSP. And unless you're streaming, that's the only way you'll be able to uh, follow the action with Chris Stewart and the Alabama Radio Network. Uh, again, uh, we will be talking to Paul Feinbaum right now. Let's go to him, Paul. Good morning. How are you?
10: We Go right ahead.
2: Thanks for joining us. All right. Uh, There's been so much talk about quarterbacks, uh, Auburn, Alabama. Uh, The quarterbacks on campus, do you think it's possible in either case, and you can identify both programs, that they'll have somebody else in place through the portal when the fall begins?
10: I think that would uh, deep down be the wish of both coaches, yes. Uh, I think Hugh Freeze realizes that he doesn't have somebody that, that he believes that can, can can help Auburn come back quickly. And I, I think we'll know a little bit more on Saturday, but based on early indicators from Tuscaloosa, uh, Alabama does not exactly have a championship-quality quarterback uh, on the roster.
1: Paul Finebaum is our guest here on WNSP. Follow him on Twitter at Feinbaum. What? Uh, how? Do, how does a program at this point, like Alabama, run into this issue where, in, in, in using your words, they don't have the guy on campus?
10: It, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a question that, that would be best uh, asked to Nick Saban, <laughs> but I, I'm not sure uh, because. This is a situation that you could have easily predicted. Uh, if you go back, this isn't a revolving door where every year it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's chaos. Uh, Alabama knew four years ago who the quarterback would be in 21 and 22. That, that was obvious. It was going to be Bryce Young. Uh, you know, before that, it was, uh, and by the way, was thought, some thought he could have been the quarterback in, in 20 as well. Uh, when Mag Jones was quarterback. That was not a guarantee. So, I mean, he, he is one of the surest bets in the history of, of college football because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the, in the history of the game. So, I, I guess as you look ahead, you go out and you, you bring in quarterbacks. Uh, and I think there was a high opinion of Ty Simpson. But if you, if you want the, the real answer, which I know you do, Mark, I think Alabama gambled and lost on Arch Manning. Uh, I believe Saban felt like he could get him. He was the number one target. He chose elsewhere.
2: Well, Paul, the way things go in uh, college football, if Arch doesn't see any playing time this year, who knows? Maybe he'll enter the portal after that and wind up at yeah. Alabama. And,
10: and, Lee, you're right. Uh, and It's also worth remembering, uh, If I think you'd have to help me with this, four or, five, four or five years ago, I believe Drake Mays committed to Alabama as well, uh, who's now the starter at North Carolina. And once all, and once I think, I really don't remember the exact circumstances. I know he committed, uh, and then he, but he did not sign. So I think that's where things got a little bit off track. Uh, you know, would he, would he have stuck around? No, not not in the current setup. And, and I think another, I think Alabama also missed on, on hurting a few people. Sam Hartman uh, had, I mean, think about this for a second. Uh, had Saban uh, moved more quickly? And, and brought in Tommy Reese, could that have influenced Sam Hartman to go from Wake to Alabama? It seems like it, it would have. Uh, I mean, you, you, don't, you, know, you don't go from Wake Forest to Notre Dame for your senior season if you're not sold on your, your quarterback coach and offensive coordinator. So that, that's another thing you have to look at. Uh, and there are a couple of other good quarterbacks in the portal and they didn't get them. So, uh, I mean, there are, there, are, there are some legitimate questions, I think, that could, could have to be
2: asked. And you're right on. But I would also add, couldn't you say the same thing about Auburn? They They – were apparently looking into the portal way beho- before Alabama not knowing what the situation is with their quarterbacks and they misfired on several and you mentioned Hartman and I-, I thought maybe there was a chance and it was also the quarterback from Oklahoma State who winds up going to Ole Miss where they've got a whole bunch of quarterbacks there instead of going to Auburn.
10: I agree with you but the situation at Auburn is a little bit different in that uh, you know yeah, Hugh Freeze has been there since, since early December but there's always a transition, and, and you're going to miss. Uh, yeah, to me, the situation at Alabama is different, where I think everyone knew that that O'Brien was, was going to leave. And the problem with O'Brien wasn't that we knew he was going to leave. It was just that it, it took forever to get rid of him, meaning the the NFL season had to end, and then – uh Bill Belichick had to make his decision so I think I think that's really where it got lost in space or that 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 dark side of the moon period where between O'Brien between the end of the season and O'Brien finally officially announcing he was leaving a lot a, a lot a lot may have been lost right there uh from a portal standpoint
2: most of the talk, again, around the SEC, is that Georgia is the team to beat, seeking a third. Alabama kind of out of the mix. Yet ESPN came out with this football index where they had Ohio State number one, and it's early, but they had Alabama over Georgia. It's the first time I've seen any kind of index early talk where somebody placed Alabama over Georgia. What do you make of that?
10: Well, it's non-human, I I think, uh, and I've had it explained to me how it works, Lee, but it's a combination of all kinds of metrics, and I think what it means is it's an indicator that, you know, don't sell Alabama short yet. Uh, Yeah, they may have a lot of chaos in terms of uh, trying to catch back up with Georgia, the quarterback situation, the things we've been talking about, but they still have uh, outside of Georgia the most talent of any program in America. And, you know, I, I don't need to remind you who the coach is. That, that does not necessarily equate to championships, but it doesn't hurt. And, and, and I think, you know, they, they have a path in the, in the SEC West that looks pretty good to me. Uh, LSU at home, Tennessee at home. Uh, those are probably the two toughest SEC foes they have. Uh, so that that turns out to be a big advantage.
1: He's Paul Feinbaum, uh, follow him on Twitter at Feinbaum. Paul, uh, I think it was earlier this week or even last week, cam Newton, uh, his he had a message. he was talking to some high potential high school football recruits. Uh, the message was recorded. It went viral. I'm curious, uh, I'll, I'll paraphrase some of it for those that may have not have heard it. I'm, I'm curious to get your reaction. And, quote, you think Kirby Smart needs you? You think Nick Saban needs you? You stupid. You going to Tennessee, half of y'all are going to schools that don't even offer you. you. You better go somewhere where you put yourself first because when you play for that G, when you play for that A, or you play for that T, when you play for that AU, they're putting themselves first. They're bulletproof. Nothing will ever mess up their situation. What's your uh, – what' what's your what was your reaction when you saw that?
10: well, it's interesting because I, I think there's a lot of truth in it uh, I think a lot of a lot of uh, young players end up just choosing because their friends are choosing there or it seems like it's the thing to do versus uh, what 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 benefits them the most. but I think we all do that. Uh, I mean why do we why do we buy certain cars why do we buy certain I mean that's just the nature I think I, I, yeah I, I, I find it amusing that the cam Newton is giving advice though because uh you know here, here's a guy that has he has he has he officially announced he's retired from the nfl yet i mean i have never seen a finish <laughs> like his uh and, and it's too bad because he's one of the greatest uh college and, and pro players within a within a time period i've ever seen but I, I just uh i wish he had uh ended his own career better as opposed to giving advice to to young people
1: paul we always appreciate you jumping aboard man uh a day this weekend. What do, we, what do we have to do to put uh, spring games back in the uh, in the spotlight in the mainstream? Other than hire Dion Sanders as the coach,
10: I don't think they're coming back, uh, Mark. Uh, I mean, Dion, this is a one-off. This is a little bit like Saban's first spring game when nearly a hundred thousand yeah. people showed up. It was nationally televised. I think the, I think the interest in the games has waned. Uh, there's so many other things going on right now. You've got two different professional sports leagues going. So it's not like you, I have to see a, I have to see football on my TV screen. You can get that, uh, yeah. But eight or ten times over the weekend, and 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 I think the, the the reason why I think spring football games have been killed is the coaches have killed. It's Kind of like radio killed, uh, you know, video killed the radio star from what 25 yeah. years ago. Uh, <laughs> it's the same thing here. Uh, the coaches have decided they're not going to give anything away. So if they're not going to give anything away and the games are vanilla, why bother watching?
1: Paul Feinbaum with the cultural reference, the pop culture reference from three decades ago. I love it, Paul. Good stuff.
10: <laughs> well, thank you. I uh, I want my MTV. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Have a great weekend, man. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, guys. Uh, sitting in with us, the one, the only Todd Weissong, Beef
9: O'Brady's. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I feel honored. I'm following Paul Feinbaum. That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, we do things on this show.
6: It's nice of you. Yeah. I appreciate that. We uh, we uh,
9: we have quite the the call list from time to
1: time. Eli Gold coming up. You want to hang?
9: Uh, you know, I met that man. He is absolutely an incredible man to meet. I mean, he's very talkative, but he's got that distinct voice that no one else can ever yeah. have, kind of thing. Uh, tell us
1: what's going on at Beefalo Bridges, day. For the first time since you've been on with us this spring. We got a different special because we're on a different day. I
9: know, it's Thursday. This is awesome. So it's going to be a Steak Philly Day kind of thing. How about so, that? Yeah, so it's one of our most popular sandwiches. We sell a ton of those things every day of the week, but today it is our special. We get a little discount off, so come see us today. We'll be glad to take care of you. And I should, I should add, like we normally do. You guys open?
1: 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock, yeah. 10 a.m., just... a.m.,
9: baby. It is a little bit of spring break for those mobile public school systems. So, uh, you know, most people are not coming until after 10 o'clock because they're kind of sleeping in this morning kind of thing. But, yes, we open at 10 o'clock for those people that are out and about this morning that want to get early, early lunch.
1: Well, we appreciate everything you do for spring sports. Uh, you're offering free gift certificates to student athletes of the week in every spring sport at every school we come to during the course of uh you know our schedule, uh, which is huge over there in Tillman's Corner. Uh, you just have a love for for spring sports,
9: man. Yeah, it was one of those things. You know, bring brought up. You know, I played high school golf. I played college golf. Uh, ran track and field at South Alabama. Um, some of the spring sports. You know, just come kind of growing up and having two kids in the soccer programs at Baker. Um, you know, you realize that they just don't get the you know, the you know, the the awards. You know, thought about as much as that we do in baseball, and, and not so much baseball, but football, of course, is football is Alabama's Mecca, so you kind of deal with that in the spring, and so we just want to make sure these kids are spoken each and every week that we go to, so of course today we're at St. Paul's, tomorrow we'll be at Sarah Land, so we'll be out there talking to those people and making sure we get the great athletes out there Told on on radio.
1: Well, we appreciate you stopping by, always hanging with us. Tell everybody where you're located. I I told them the magic number, 10 a.m. So get there at 945 for old Todd. Knock on the window.
9: We're at 4419 Rangeline Road right in front of Lowe's. Uh, You can't miss this kind of thing right there in the little strip center with AT&T. Um, So come see us, and we'll be glad to take care of you today. All right, so uh, go see
1: uh, Todd and the fine folks at Beef Brady's. And uh, if you're looking for work, if your kid's looking for work, summer's right around the corner. you got spots.
9: Yes, we are looking at spots. We're interviewing every day. So just give us a call at 661-3346. We'd be glad to set up an interview time with you. Um, if your kid's 16 and above, please bring them by. we have glad to have them on, on board. All right, man. Thanks for everything. We really do appreciate, appreciate it. guys. Thank you. All right,
1: scoreboard traffic and weather next. Uh, Eli Gold coming up at 730. It's our Thursday edition of the Dr. Christopher Next Championship Drive. We're at St. Paul's right here on the sports station, WNSP.
6: Hey, this is Coach Tommy Coverville, and you're listening to 105.5
0: WNSP the skid with a single in the sixth inning. High drive, deep right field for Soto, it is back and that ball is gone!
1: 7:24. Thanks for hanging with us. It's our special Thursday edition of the Dr. Christopher Monex Championship Drive. Mark and Lee and Air Sports One were on the campus of St. Paul's.
2: Yeah, uh, the only run in the uh, Braves San Diego game. It went to San Diego, one nothing. Let's talk track and field here at St. Paul's. We have two coaches, Camille Ford and John Bringham. Camille, I'm going to have you explain. So, th- what's the dynamics with you both working together as far as track and field here at St. Paul's?
11: It's pretty good, right, John? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, explain how it works. Oh uh, uh, well, I mean, I'm technically the boys and girls head uh, track coach and he's the um uh girls and boys head cross-country coach but of course it, it's definitely a partnership I, I couldn't do it without him Uh, for sure. Camille, where
2: do we stand now with track and field St. Paul's? What's coming up? What's down the road?
11: Um, uh, A week from today, we'll be leaving for sectionals, which is state qualifying in Wetumpka, and uh, two weeks from today, we'll be in Gulf Shores for the state meet.
2: Uh, All right, uh, John, do you want to handle the runners and tell us how it looks?
8: Yeah, I think uh, just starting with the boys team, we've got three senior boy distance runners and three freshman uh throwers who i think form the core of our program and um it's just really exciting those three boys are going to be running collegiately next year and then we got three strong throwers who are just in ninth grade coming behind them that is an exciting thing to build your program around
2: who's uh and i'll ask either of you uh the possibilities of winning a
11: state title it's there on the boys side i've checked their rankings recently (laughs) and um uh, we're potentially set to, to win it which is super exciting in 6a so the girl side it's just a little bit tougher competition i'm i'm thinking um third third or fourth mountain brook and northridge they're just powerhouses right now on the girls side
1: so if you guys feel that way clearly the kids feel that way how do you kind of temper expectations you want them to be excited but at the same time you know you got to focus on what you need to do to get there
11: well to be quite honest on on the boys side um mcgill has you know kind of controlled locally so it's not like they have have these giant heads and they've been winning 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 so you know that's good for us you know competition brings out, out the best for sure um but but yeah we've talked about you know john and i that these these last two weeks is just quality work focusing on competition everything is thinking about the, those races coming up
2: on the girls side don't you have a family member who could possibly I, do, but I
11: told you I don't want to talk about her well,
2: <laughs> but you can't you can't discount know, the fact no, that I... your daughter is quite the uh, track yeah. and field performer
11: thank you she's had a pretty stellar year she's broken the school record in the triple jump uh, gone 41 feet uh, she went 55 uh, in the open 400 last night and um she's also poised to do well in the 100 and 300 meter hurdles and long jump i
2: think there's a lot to talk about there
11: <laughs> yeah but that's the fun thing um it's definitely a team sport she couldn't do it by herself and probably the highlight for me of the entire season is the girl on the girl's side anyway is that they uh, uh as a team of course broke the four by four school record which is really what it's all about Yeah,
1: what I love about track and field that's different than any other sport is while you want to beat that person in the next lane or whatever, you want to beat that team, you're also really just kind of competing against yourself, right? You're looking to to top that PR just to get better. And so there's always that part of it, which is kind of unique to the sport.
8: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Camille may not want me to say this, but yesterday we had to put Janie in the boys race in the 400 to give her (laughs) some competition. (laughs) Come on. uh, Yeah, that goes right to what you're saying is you're wanting to beat the other person, but you also are going for a time for yourself. And I think it's a unique sport where you can, you you know, shake their hand afterwards and, and try your best to beat them during it. But there's a unique sportsmanship before and after the competition, too.
1: Well, we really appreciate you coming aboard. I know it's a busy time for you guys, so best of luck, uh, and we look forward to talking to you all again real soon.
11: Okay, thanks so much for having us. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come
1: back, the voice of the Crimson Tide, Eli Gold, set to join us. We're at St. Paul's here. It's our Dr. Christopher Mullinex Championship Drive right here on the sports station, WNSP. 32. Welcome back in the Dr. Christopher Monex Championship Drive. Mark and Lee from St. Paul's here in Air Sports. One, you're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 FM WNSP. Uh, we are uh, efforting, as they say in the radio business, uh, Eli Gold. But we'll uh, we'll talk some um, spring football. With Ham Barnett. he's scheduled to join us here in about uh, about twenty minutes or so. Uh, Brandon Garrett, the uh, basketball coach, there's a coaching association thing going on coming up. Uh, He's going to tell us all about it at 8 o'clock. And, of course, you guys can jump in at 694-1055. We talked about a a number of issues today. Specifically, uh, Lee and I got that was probably one of our more animated first segments in the the history of the show. show.
2: I would say so. That was about Max Scherzer, uh, ejected by Phil Cousins. And then somebody got a hold of you in the app and said that Cousins has already tossed out three other pitchers this year which I which I didn't even know. I mean yeah. that's, that's very interesting uh and if why is he the only umpire that's you know tossing pitchers but again you know look we'll see what happens. I I I would be surprised if he serves a 10 game suspension um unless they can prove that there was a foreign substance other than rosin.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure we've said the word sticky in one segment more Than we did in the first segment today. And look, first of all, we both agree with Scherzer in that he'd have to be an idiot to go back out there with the new glove and still use whatever substance they're claiming was making it sticky other than rosin and sweat. My only point, my only point is it's not like rosin and sweat are new to the game of baseball. So why all of a sudden is Scherzer got so, here comes that word again, so much stickiness (laughs) uh, in this game, and the umpire said that he was more sticky uh, the second time around on the hands than he was the first. We'll jump back
2: into it. We'll get back into it in a little bit we got a special guest. Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide. Now, for those who didn't hear last week, Eli rejoined us. It's been a long, long time. It was about, give or take, this time last year when medical issues surfaced and Eli had to bow out for a while. We're very happy that he's back with us. Health it seems to be getting better. Only Eli can attest to that. Eli, welcome to the show and, and thanks to Dex Imaging for bringing you along. How you doing, my friend?
12: I am well. Good to be back with you, Uh, Mr. Mr. Heim, last week. Glad he's back with us now. And uh, yes, we thank uh, Dex Imaging. Uh, They have been a longtime sponsor of ours here on WNSP, and uh, they have been kind enough to return for yet another go-around.
1: Eli, I, if I had known all it was going to take for you to come back on the show was for me to be gone, I would have, I would have, I would have missed a show weeks, months
12: ago, man. Well, I appreciate so that. No, it's, it, it's obviously uh, been a rather uh, hectic year, uh, a, a sure. lot of medical issues, but uh, it's nice to have uh, the whole gang back together, uh, whether we stay on Thursdays or move back to our old Wednesday remains to be seen. But uh, nevertheless, it's it's good to be here.
2: All right, Eli, the A-Day game is this Saturday. I know for a fact you will not be attending in person. How are you going to try to follow up on this A-Day game to keep abreast of what's going on?
12: Well, what I've done is I've I've made a chart just like I would had I been at the stadium like I do for every game, Uh, my spotting chart, if you will, and uh, I'm going to be sitting in my living room in front of the TV uh, with that chart out on the table and uh, doing uh, the best I can. you know one of the things in a day games, as you know, uh, they're 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 far from my favorite games, but they're also very important. Uh, you get to see who's what, who's where, what everybody looks like. but at the same time, you know you've got to make sure that when you see number, Whatever it is, number 10, you say the number 10 from this year, not the number 10 yeah. from last year or the year prior to that, and so on. So I'll be doing the game, um, whether it's out loud or whether I'm talking to myself, uh, whatever, but I'll be in the living room uh, with the chart and doing the ball game.
2: All right, I wanted to get to the subject. Now, you and I were not around uh, during the heyday of quarterbacks at Alabama with Namath and Stabler and Richard Todd. But, you know, Eli, in the last, well, uh, since Saban's been there in the last 10 or 15 years, you know, the quarterbacks uh, have, have been coming along. Now they're getting drafted. But I don't think you can go a day without reading about Tua He had a press conference yesterday without Jalen Hurts and that huge contract, without Mac Jones, who's now with Bill O'Brien. Just get your thoughts on that, that you've ushered in in a sense as a broadcaster in an era which has been a long time waiting quarterbacks at Alabama.
12: Yeah, I've been blessed to be at the university during what has arguably been the heyday of Alabama football. Now, that's obviously you know, uh, an area that's up for discussion because a lot of folks think of the heyday being the era that you've been speaking of. But, uh, you know, the game has changed, obviously, and Nick Saban has changed what Alabama looks like along with all the other changes here. Uh, you know, certain teams, we, and we all know the coaches and we're not going to name them, But we know teams who have not changed over the years, and those coaches are no longer at their respective schools or in the SEC for that matter. Uh, So, yeah, this is really a very, very special time. But I'll tell you, isn't it great to see where Jalen has come from and where he is now? I mean, you just feel so good for these kids because they're wonderful young men. They're great guys. Forget the fact that the Eagles had a magnificent year, which obviously they did. But just look at where he came from, a a, a small school in in Channel View, Texas, uh, and 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 all of a sudden, the guys got you know more money than 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 you can imagine. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I really, really do.
1: Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide, our guest here on WNSP. Eli, I, I'm curious. Uh, in your what did you miss most in your time away from the program? What, was it was it the people, oh, the the stadium, the work, the the games, the excitement? Like, was there anything specific that man you just really longed for?
12: Whew. Everything. I missed the people. I missed the games. You know what was the toughest thing? Uh, And and you hear about this when you, you know, it it was, you know, who told me a a great line was um, our athletic trainer, Jeff Allen, who said to me, now you understand. I spoke with him one time. He said, now you understand what it's like for these players when they have to sit out because of injury. Uh, This is no different. It was not an injury. It was an illness. But he said, now you understand firsthand what it's like for these guys. That, To me, and I love Chris Stewart to death, a dear friend, does a a great job stepping in when necessary and, and does a magnificent job in basketball. But listening to him do the games where I was supposed to be, That was very, very difficult. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate all that he did. But, you know, I was supposed to be doing those games. It was just very difficult in that regard. I missed the fans. I I missed everything. I missed the talk shows. But just not doing my job. You know what I'm saying? It's a very, very difficult deal. So, uh, so I, 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 you know, it was it was a lot of things, guys, that came into play. But uh, thank the good Lord, we do have people uh, like Chris, who, you know, was kind enough to step in, and 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 more than it, capably fill my chair. But hell i didn't want anybody filling my chair i wanted to be there myself so uh, you know that, that's that's how i felt at that time
2: i can't i don't blame you one bit uh, and believe me i never went through anything you did but even to miss a game or two in my years with laryngitis or something like that it was it was telling hey i didn't mention bryce young for a reason of course when we have you on next week we're going to talk a lot about that the fact that he with could the be the yeah, with the draft and the first Alabama uh, player to be drafted number one since uh, Harry Gilmore. I, I I didn't put him in that mix of quarterbacks, but we are going to really concentrate on that. Eli, before I let you go, a word or two about uh, Dex Imaging?
12: You know, there's one other thing, another element of all of this that we've not talked about. And that is Dex Imaging. We know who Dex is. Uh, They have uh, the the business machines and the copiers and the scanners and what have you. But, you know, my house, and you folks know my studio, my office, is in my home here in Birmingham. Well, when my legs stopped working and now this whole stretch, this whole stretch, (coughs) excuse me, excuse me. Pardon me. When, when, when my legs stopped working, I couldn't get downstairs to my office. I had everything down there. I couldn't get down there. So I talked to the guys at Dex, and they helped rearrange my home as far as my business is concerned. We moved my office upstairs so I didn't have to make... You know, I don't know, I've never even counted the steps, but it's a lot of stairs to go all the way down, all the way back up. Uh, And, you know, they were kind enough to come in and help me move the printer, move this, do that, uh, rearrange things. That's the kind of company you want to work with. That's the kind of company you want to be able to call upon and say, hey, this has happened. It's out of the ordinary. What can you do? And it was no sooner than I made the call, than guys were here moving stuff around. Then we had to rearrange something electronically. I'm not even quite sure exactly what it was. They dialed into my computer from their office, got everything running like a breeze. That's what you look for, folks when you're going to work with a company. It doesn't matter whether it's office machines or what it is. You want a company that's there for you and will go the extra mile. That is Dex Imaging. So remember, when you are needing work with your office machine, copy or scan or whatever, you're not going to do better than Dex. Dex Imaging, that's D-E-X. And online, it's DexImaging.com.
1: All right, Eli, great to have you back. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. We have people e- texting us and hitting us up in the app. They want to know if you can give us a touchdown, Alabama. I know you're, you're not you in know, game I, I shape really yet.
12: I really don't, and I'll tell you why. The reason I don't do that is because I just never have. It doesn't sound good when you're, <clears throat> when you're not doing it with 100,000 people making noise behind you, it just sounds puny. Uh, As you can tell, my voice is still working its way back bit by bit. Uh, and, And I just have never done that because it sounds puny. So it's not that I'm being a, uh, a wise guy or anything else. We'll hear plenty of touchdown Alabamas this year, Lord willing, but uh, today is not the day. Uh, I just never do it away from a game. I don't think anybody can tell me when they've heard me say that with the energy and the, and the, the vim and the vigor uh, that we normally would use. So please understand, but uh, today is not the day
1: fair enough fair enough hey take care of yourself it's great having you back we look forward to talking to you again next week thanks guys take care when we come back we'll wrap up our number two the football coach here at st paul's is in air sports one we will talk to him about spring and well you never know what other fastballs we'll throw at him it's our dr chris ramonix championship drive Mark and Lee, we're at St. Paul's. Ham Barnett is next right here on the sports station, WNSP.
9: This is Richie Riley, the head men's basketball coach of South Alabama. There's nothing better than listening to WNSP Sports Radio, 105.5 FM.
12: And that's a shot back into left field. Pretty well tagged. Going to get out of here home run Yandy Diaz belting
0: his sixth home run of the year.
1: Hey, it's 7.50, wrapping up our number two here. It's our special Thursday edition of the Dr. Christopher Monix Championship Drive. Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports 1.
2: We're on the campus of St. Paul's. Coming off his first year as the head coach into the playoffs, Ham Barnett joining us this morning. How close are you to spring practice?
4: We'll start doing acclimation stuff next week, and uh, the thing with St. Paul's is it's a smaller school, so we have so many multi-sport athletes. So we've still got our baseball team that'll play in the first round this weekend, and uh, probably gonna play in the second and third round too. So we're pushing it back a little bit and uh, also track, we got seven or eight guys doing track too, so you know, when you got your numbers at sixty five and you're missing about twenty, it's not yeah. it's not a lot of not it's a lot not guys ideal. Yeah.
2: Do you have uh, in, in mind, is it a, at the end of spring, is it a game, a jamboree, or just a regular scrimmage?
4: What do we do a jamboree. Win? I mean, we do a, well, not a jamboree, we do a red-blue game, and so what that entails is just a glorified scrimmage. Um, you know, people uh, around, the, the players especially, want to play another opponent, but You just never know how many guys you're going to have. So I don't want to go out there with 40 guys playing against a team with 90, which even, you know, during the regular season we have 65 and we play against teams with 100. So I don't know if it's much different, but uh, I just kind of like um, that scrimmage and kind of keeping everything, um, you know, here on campus and not letting that opponent down the street know kind of what we're doing. So
2: we'll get to this in the fall when we come back here, but what do you have coming back?
4: Um, of course, I mean defensively, we have our whole linebacker core coming back. We have uh, two DBs coming back. Our linebacker core is Noah Abrams. He was a, he played in 10 games last year. He was our Mike linebacker. Um, he had almost I mean, 100 tackles. And then Tank, um, you know Jones. He's Um, He'll be a sophomore next year. He was 130 tackles and 15 sacks, and he's being highly recruited. And we have a DB, Kate Horton, who's been a two-year starter too. And so he had seven interceptions last year for us. Offensively, we got everybody returning on the offensive line plus one. So we have six returning offensive linemen as starters. Uh, we got a quarterback coming back. Um, we're going to have a, you know, some new faces at running back and, uh, our receiving core is intact, except for, uh, we lost Spencer Morrison last year and Wesley Whitson. But I mean, I feel good about where our offense you look, is.
1: You look like you're chomping at the bit a little bit there, coach.
4: I'm ready to go. So we're doing a middle school spring, which hadn't been done here. The varsity coach is doing a middle school spring this, uh, this week. And so that's kind of gotten me, my juices flowing again, the off season kind of get, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs with, uh, just different issues and problems that happen. And, uh, but it's just—it's fun to get back on the field because that's what, really what I enjoy doing. Can you
1: uh, can you um, evaluate and look at a middle school spring and be like, "Yeah, he's going to be good,
4: even at that oh, age." Yeah, you, yeah, I mean, you can see the guys. I mean, they're, the the thing is, they're still so awkward. They're right. in that weird growing stage, or like they're sixth and seventh graders that we're working with right now, and so um, we're going to be really good on the offensive line for a long time. <laughs> Uh, Like I was looking at some of them. I got behind them yesterday. There's about eight guys that in about two years will probably be playing on Friday nights. They were big and they move good. Uh, and we started a weight program with our, se- our seventh and eighth graders when I got here, too. And, and so um, they're, they, it's easy for them to get acclimated to what we're doing in the varsity.
2: You know, back when, when McPherson started as a running back in the eighth grade, would you start an eighth grader?
4: Well, guess who's back on campus working with us is Austin McPherson. So really? Yeah, he started working here in October. Uh, he's going to help coach our running backs this year. He came in about week eight or nine last year. Um, so he's back on campus with us now. Uh, but not, I mean, it, it, that's a special circumstance where you're starting an eighth grader. Like, I've never started a freshman, um, you know, uh, like, like we did last year with Tank. So it just depends if the kid is ready. And in all honesty, like, even, you know, Tank is as good as he is. Uh, as big as he is it still took him seven or eight weeks to kind of figure out the speed of the game because it's just different than playing middle school football
2: catch me up on this mcpherson he left here did he go to western kentucky he went to to
4: wofford wofford Uh, yeah i thought he he was
2: going all right and what what happened did he stay there or move on he
4: went to wofford i think for a year or two and then just kind of you know uh the the football thing kind of went away and uh we ran into him about um five months ago and You know, I think he had a need to be here, and we had a need for him to be here. And uh, he's somebody who's an alumni here. He's special to the whole St. Paul's community. So I wanted to bring him here and uh, give him a shot at coaching because he still loves football. And watching him out there with those kids, too, is a lot of fun because the kids know who he is. I mean, everybody, you know, knows who Osa McPherson is. And uh, the way he works with the kids and the relationships he's already starting to build is really great. Is
1: it a sign of age when you see a guy that you remember playing? doing what essentially you're doing now is is does that mean you're getting old is that, yeah, that so like
4: uh yes i'm getting old uh <laughs> it's weird too like last year i mean i'm and i'm 43 and looking in uh, the coaches i'm the second oldest on the staff you yeah. know where when when Steve was here and Shane was here, I was kind of the middle road guy. Right. Um, but yeah, we got a younger staff, uh, a little bit more energy, um, and it's kind of weird because everybody's you know asking me for my opinion, and you know my decisions really right. mean everything now. Um, and so there's a little bit of pressure with that. But it's been, it's been a good adjustment.
2: Yeah, well, let's go back to the the spring with so many. Uh, athletes in other sports, and you said I think you mentioned forty-five or so. Did you give much thought to maybe taking that extra week or two in July and starting then rather than have spring?
4: Well, it's just an extra week, and like something that I've talked to other coaches, and something that I know for coaching for the last sixteen years is that. So you usually have three weeks before a, 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 a fall camp, and that second week of fall camp is always like pulling teeth because it's five, you know, it's five days of practices, and so trying to do that for ten days. I don't really, I don't, I don't want to do that. And I use spring really to develop those young guys. We got some incoming ninth graders coming in, and I want to really see what they can do, get my uh, my handprint on them, and and, and do that. Can can we do a schedule change? Can we move that season finale to the
1: to the season opener? Can we do that?
4: That would be fun, and I'd like to you know open up with Theodore, you know, and then and then play UMS, and then get right into McGill, and then, um, and then uh, who we play after that? Land. Yeah. So, yeah. And,
1: then, and then take those four and just do it again. <laughs> yeah, let's, that'd be that'd be a just, lot of fun. Let's do like pods, like little instead of areas. Let's do individual pods and just.
4: Let's just yeah. do that. Well, I was actually looking yesterday kind of at the history of St. Paul's and records and when they changed alignment because they went from 4A to 5A. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, when Eddie Guth was here and there was some, some struggle it was like a 500 team and they kind of figured it out. And so uh, just looking at that yesterday and kind of seeing, you know, the way St. Paul's was built was was, uh, was fascinating.
2: Okay, I wonder uh, about, you know, the spring and, and July. Does a lot of what you do relate to when you were playing football and what appealed to you as a player?
4: Well, no, I mean, i played offense my whole life, and so now as a defensive guy, it's a, it's a lot different. Um, like back when I was playing, we ran the 50 defense with Coach Buring at McGill, you know, <laughs> and uh, we were in the I formation, and my senior year, David Morris was the quarterback, and we actually went two by two. That was 96 yeah. football season, and nobody's ever seen, you know, two by two in high school at that time, and so uh, defense didn't really know how to handle it. They either played uh, cover one, which is man, and they played, played cover three, so... Like here we run 12, 14 coverages. You know, offense is very multiple with what we do, and so it's a lot different. That David days. Morris guy, he didn't amount to much, did he? He's no, he's no good at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he has the quarterback country. I'm gonna give him a plug. He's doing something <laughs> with Eli um, uh, here on the campus Saturday and Sunday. Maybe some kind of series. Eli and so Manning. They're gonna use our facilities. Yeah. Is he coming here? Th- he. Uh, I don't know if I should say that, but yeah, he'll be in town. Doing yeah. where? Here or he'll be he'll be around. He'll be around. I don't need to give give out that Sending tweet. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, David's somebody like I. You know, went to high school with him. Actually, went to grade school with him at Saint Ignatius too. So I've known him my whole life. So we've known each other since we were Is six he, or seven years old. Do
2: your quarterbacks work with him.
4: They do. Braxton Bird, our sophomore quarterback. He'll be a junior next year. He has worked with David I think since he was in fifth grade. Um, so yes. Anyway, and does, all of our quarterbacks have.
2: And how does that relate to what you want from your quarterback? I well, mean, the, the
4: they, great thing about David is like we have great communication and we talk about, you know, kind of what we do on offense and so he kind of fits what his drills are uh to our to our system. So he does a good job with that. Coach, we appreciate you stopping by, man. Thanks, uh thanks for the uh for
1: the time as I'm always. surprised
4: you never give me any like, you know, hard questions today. I like it. He's shaving for it's the fall. Sp- it's
1: spring. Okay. We, we give you guys a break. You guys, you, all Enjoying you guys, come in so relaxed. It's yeah. spring. Like it's like speaking of pulling teeth. It's like pulling teeth. Of you guys in the
4: fall. And I'll give you all the yeah, answers you want. You just, call, you just let me know.
2: Really? <laughs> we'll your, see. All right. <laughs> Man, how's your relationship with uh, college coaches? Oh, yeah, kid, you, only kidding. Really, yeah. really good.
4: Really yeah. good. Have any recent experiences? Or, <laughs> or? I do. They come in and uh, they just want to recruit our players and shake their hands and tell them everything they want to hear. That's, that's what we, we really do. Highfalutin stuff from you, right? Yeah, now. that's right. That's right. That's the standard line. <laughs> Appreciate did David ever, throw
2: it, David ever throw you a pass?
4: I did. He caught you, I, th- I caught 35 passes uh, when I was a playing fullback back in high school. So, yeah. Fullback? A little bit, yeah. Fullback. He actually had a You called one me. of our games. You should know exactly. I, I, I did. <laughs> I Like, I
1: remember, right? <laughs> hey, Brian and Garrett. Coach G is next right here on the sports station, WNSP. Hey, welcome into hour number three. Thanks for making us part of your morning. It's a special Thursday edition of the Dr. Christopher Monex
2: Championship Drive. Mark and Lee, we're at Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of St. Paul's. Do want to thank sponsors like Hancock, Whitney, Mang, Sinorama, Harvey, and Thomas Orthodontics. Some headlines before we get to our next guest. We haven't talked much about this, but I was so pleased to see that Murphy Lemon wide receiver Michael Jefferson was released from a hospital yesterday after multiple surgeries following a car accident on Easter Sunday. He was uh, projected to be a draftee uh, a week from tonight, or actually not so much Thursday, but maybe in the third, fourth, or fifth round. He was a wide receiver, He obviously from Mobile, who played at Alabama State and Louisiana, and then got, uh, he was involved in a a car accident right here in Mobile. The driver of the other car was killed during the crash. There have been multiple surgeries on Jefferson, and he is out of the hospital, but he's got a long rehab to go. So uh, his attorney or his agent said that he hopes to play again in 2024. And speaking of surgery, Tiger Woods underwent surgery to correct arthritis in his right ankle stemming from his car accident in February of 2021 so I don't nobody knows if he'll even uh, compete in the majors this year after he you know recuperates from this surgery in baseball uh, Met starter Max Scherzer ejected in the fourth inning for reportedly sticky fingers. Says he did nothing <laughs> wrong, and the stickiness caused by sweat combined with rosin's and the word two, of the day, by the way, is sticky. Sticky, kind of like do with that what you wish, people. Indeed, uh, Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa says he considered retirement after the 2022 season due to all the concussions, but was assured by doctors that he is not at a greater risk if he suffers another concussion so there's that brandon garrett he's the uh, basketball coach uh, normally we're not talking basketball during spring sports but brandon's got a special announcement brandon uh, good morning how are you today i'm doing good how are you good we gotta get there we go okay I'm, I'm what, what you got how are you? coming up
13: uh, a great opportunity, um, I'm the vice president of the Alabama High School, um, Alabama Basketball Coaches Association and we have a, a super cool um, camp and clinic coming up on May 6th and 7th at Orange Beach High School, um, something in the, Gulf, in the Gulf Coast that I've personally wanted as a, as a young basketball coach and seeking information uh, about about basketball and, and trying to help Coaches in this area, we have a a great clinic coming up that's going to also get you involved in our coaches association, um, which is the the goal and and our mission is just to improve basketball in the state um, and and mostly for our athletes to provide better um, basketball opportunities for athletes, um, big and small. We have a a pretty cool list of of coaches and still have some waiting to come. Highlighted by West Flanagan, who's now at Ole Miss. Bucky Millen's coming down from Sanford. Um, we have the great Cody Topper, one of the greatest um, high um college guys that are doing skill development right now. Is at LSU, and then we have Lenny Acuff, who, if any high school coach has never heard Lenny Acuff talk, he is a gem. He gives, he's really great with not just the game, but talking about life and, and teaching life through the game. So, so,
1: so this is open for coaches or anybody that might be interested in coaching, and, and I guess the goal here is. How to how to figure out to better um,
13: teach? Yes, coach develop players. Yes it, it covers everything. I have any coach have never been so clinic. Um, you go to clinics, it's not just a bunch of drills. Um, coaches give you things such as gr- great books to read on managing basketball and marriage and, and, and how to get the most out of your young men and, and think bigger than basketball. And, and the coaching clinics isn't just about learning the game, but also the camaraderie with other coaches. Um, I, I love to, to sit next to the coach that's right down the street and, and talk about it and figure out that we're going through the same problems or maybe ask them, how do you balance life and work a little bit better? It, it's, it's, a, it's a brotherhood, I think, as coaches. Is we don't connect and use each other uh, each other enough to to build each other up because not only are we coaching kids, but we need to be coached as well. So this also provides opportunity for that as well. How come Mark's name's not on that list? <laughs> what happened? Uh- uh, we he, he was busy. He has uh, a previous yeah, engagement already. Um, so. um, he's
2: booked. But you know, I know he's booked that all the way through June. Odys Hughley's coming down.
13: Yes, we are. We got oh, Coach Odys Hugley coming down. He was very excited, and we, we before we even got finished, asked him. He said yes. He, he was all in, and I, he had some great stories. I had the pleasure when he was here before he we went to Alabama and when his son was in town, to sit and talk with him a little bit. Um, I learned a lot from him. Very very experienced, and he has been has some great stories to tell.
1: I had offered to coach or to teach a seminar on how to communicate with officials, and they had it initially on the list, and then it just got bounced. I think
2: they got too, mu- they too much. They had too much. Sli- they had to cut it down a little bit. That's another interesting point you brought up. Are you going to have officials there too, or referees, or no?
13: Not as of right now. No, we haven't. It's something that we talked about possibly doing later, but not right now. And I think that's a, that's for a later day. I think some people that are coming, I don't want to put them in that position. <laughs> I don't want to see some officials myself. But they do really have happy. clinics like that, don't they? Yeah. With coach- so
2: into, I would think just to get a better understanding of they each do other.
13: it happens very rarely. I think some referees don't want to hear our opinion and what we think should be called more or less. Um, I think they want us to coach and they ref. So, <laughs> uh,
1: Brandon Garrett's our guest here on WNSP. All right, so a little bit of a hot take here. There's always this talk after basketball season about why there aren't more teams from the South competing for championships and mm-hmm. titles, right? Mm-hmm. Very high. Uh, yet, yet we have. Mr. Basketball down here. What three straight years? Mm-hmm. Maybe, and this is not to take anything away from LeBaron Filon or Barry Dunning Jr. or any of those guys, right? But maybe they're winning it down here because, like some people say about the North, the talent down here isn't as good, so they have more of an opportunity to shine. Is 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 that is I that fair? I won't say that's
13: true. I won't say that's. I won't say that's fair. I, I think that's 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 a misconception because if you talk about. Barry Dunning and LeBaron Fallon, they have played the top talent yeah. throughout the nation. That's not—they—they they don't just play in Mobile. Those are kids who are played on the national circuit, EYBL, which is the, the yeah. high and travel basketball. They've played against the top names, been on the court with guys in the league now, um, and that's where their name has in it and their stock has. They, LeBaron Fallon this year went up to Huntsville and played in the Huntsville, time, one of the best. Tournaments in the state and and put on a show. It yeah. wasn't like he's 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 afraid or we're afraid of any competition. Our athletes down here. Um, I I would say our area um, in more of a whole. I would love a better focus in our youth leagues and in, in our third and fourth grade and those younger leagues developing. And I think that's where we're behind and that prevents teams from being better because you're talking about winning a state championship. That's individuals get you there, but teams are
2: winning. All right, I'm going to throw something else at you on this, too, because what I've heard, too, from others, and we've brought this subject up, the unavailability of facilities, either indoor or outdoor, to continue playing year-round. Is that a a fault?
13: (laughs) Uh, As a person who's always opening my gym for everyone, um, I'm from northern Alabama, born and raised in Gaston, and that's one thing that that is different. I, I won't say it's a lack. I think there's a miscommunication in availability. Well, how
2: many outdoor? We have one at Sage, right? Is there uh-huh. any any place else that kids can go and just shoot I know, it up? I
13: know of a couple places kids go that are on on, on high school campus. No cause is a place where some very good basketball has happened. Um, I've seen and heard in stories of great basketball games happening there. Um, the DeMarcus the Cousins Court at, at LaFleur is a fantastic court, fantastic venue. Um, again, I. I I feel like the availability of courts isn't there. I just feel like in Mobile uh, I, I wish that there was a better focus for basketball coach, a better incentive and, and, and that money's not the only thing but that helps we gotta hire better quality people and I would love to have better people in the middle school areas coaching I and mean, the ability to, to hire that's that's a that's a need here. Um middle school it's only so much high school coaches can touch.
1: Yeah, when you get to that middle school and below it's 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 some random dad usually coaching and and they're doing it for all the right reasons yes. and they may know a little basketball but you're talking about more of the technical aspect and the mm-hmm. fundamental aspect of basketball mm-hmm. where we're not just going out there and trying to run this cool little inbounds play we saw Alabama or Auburn run but we're trying to teach them how to how to set that screen yes. or how to roll off that screen or how to come off that screen or hedge or whatever yeah. uh, it, and it's
13: more about. The program, Yeah. Building a program, and that's something that I know a lot of coaches here that I know, it's a, it's a handful of coaches that would love to build programs, but you are kind of hand-tied a little bit um, when you compete with what the North does sometimes, and there's no knock on anybody. I'm not calling anybody out. Right, But no. just the, the expectation, that standard, I, I wish it was raised a little bit more in our lower levels, and not so much about winning, but developing our athletes to win later, more so than when they're in the third and fourth grade. I, I get it. Everybody wants to be a winner. I'm a, I'm a competitor, but – Development is important.
1: He's Brandon Garrett. He's the uh, basketball coach here at St. Paul's. He's also the VP of the Alabama Association of Basketball Coaches. They're doing a coaching clinic May uh, 6th and 7th at Orange Beach. By the way, who's the president?
13: Uh, the president is Chris Latch currently. All right. Yes, we, need to, we need to send some
1: – What happens if something happens to him, are you the president? Yes, is that how that I, works? I jump
13: in, yes. You I need jump some hard
1: piping mothers to go make a visit? <laughs>
13: No, no, no. I'll I'm send okay.
1: Lee. I'll send Muscle.
13: I'm, I'm okay. Don't send the Muscle. I don't want to. <laughs> how I big got is some this guy? Other.
2: Well, how big is this guy? Don't look Coach, before I get sent over there. Is he my size? He's
13: pretty stout. He's pretty stout. Is he, uh, I no, think I'll that'd stick, be. I'll it'd s- be a challenge. You might take a couple pipes. The, 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 the bigger, <laughs> the bigger you are.
1: You know how that? What they said. All right. So, <laughs> how can people get information if they're interested in and in, in checking out the clinic or learning more about joining the association?
13: Yes, we we um, are getting it up on the HSA website. We should have a link soon. Um, hopefully by the end of the week. Um, but we also have. Have a website um it, it, it is um aabcclinic.com dot ccom forward slash 2023 um that's the website aabcclinic dot um, com and, and you click on that link it'll take you straight to registration you'll see a list of, of growing speakers we're still waiting from um a guy that coaches at a school that elephants is the um, mascot he should be confirming any day um we still have a couple more coaches that are just wrapping up some recruiting plans and by the way and, that was
1: as subtle as
2: a sledgehammer right there yes yes so
1: we, <laughs> right. we have we I have a couple
13: it. of guys coming can <laughs> let's say those who are not in coaching but aspire to be coaches, can they come? They are more than welcome. Um, again, our, our, our goal is to grow the game and grow the game in the state and to equip anybody that wants to be a coach with the tools to be successful. Um, I'm blessed to have guys pouring in me, so I'm trying to do the same for other young coaches. Young and old, whoever wants to learn the game and get better, that's, that's the goal. It's for the kids. I coach not for championships and wins. I coach to, to, to make dads and husbands and, and fathers. Uh, that's and and meeting and, and learning the game and learn how to teach through the game. The game taught me everything. I'm here today because of basketball and, and my high school coach and my AAU coach and those people pouring into me. So
1: and that's why I'm not on that list because I don't, I don't coach for all that. I no. coach for championships.
13: That's what you're talking about. He's talking about dads. Uh, I don't know if he's talking about himself. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Was...
2: Hey, uh, for those that don't, I don't know. know I, got, wait, I got a thought. Yeah. He should be there, and maybe he can relate media versus coaches and maybe, uh, let's say, give them advice on how to deal with one another. How about that? They probably have a better working relationship
1: with the media than I do with coaches. <laughs> Probably Uh, June's coming up, man. What you got planned? What you got coming back real quick before we let you Uh, go?
13: Man, I got seven, seven great sophomores coming back led by Garrett Walker. Um, We are going to go play a couple of colleges, West Florida and go to South, of course. And, and excited. I'm excited about the season. We, Sweet 16 for the third time in school history this year. Yeah. Um, had a fantastic year led by senior Joe Brown, who's going to go play at Coastal and, and continue playing there and, and continue chasing the, his dream of basketball. I'm excited. Uh, a group that's really, really, really hungry for more. I'm hungry for more. I'm getting a taste of, of going out there and playing against a tough follow team with some special athletes. I'm ready to get after it. Uh, I know Coach Ann was talking about the off-season grind and kind of doing the administrative side, but I'm ready to be on the court. I'm ready to, to hear some balls bouncing and some 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 sweaty jerseys.
1: Coach G, always uh, enjoy having you on. It's the Alabama Association of Basketball Coaches Clinic. Uh, I put the website in our app for those that are interested. Uh, we do always appreciate you opening the uh, the gym for tournaments when they are local. We do appreciate <laughs> no, that. No uh, so best of luck, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. All right. So uh, scoreboard traffic and weather here, Lee Shervanian. Yes. All right. Yes. So anything you want. I got. I got. Yes. Anything I want? <laughs> Anything I want. Uh, and then we'll come back with your phone call, 694 1055. It's the opening kickoff. Lee and I had a huge disagreement. We got into a fight this morning. We'll, we'll tell you why. I'll tell you why he was wrong and what started the whole thing. He'll disagree. And that's just kind of what we do. So, Dr. Christopher Volneck's Championship Drive. We're at St. Paul's, right here on the sports station, WNSP.
6: Hey, this is former mobile TV sportscaster Eric Clemens, and when I'm in town, I listen to 105.5 FM Sports Radio, WNSP.
13: I'm excited about the opportunity to play again, uh, play again, uh, another playoff game, and um, I believe this is our first. Uh, this is our first game at at the house, huh? In front of our fans, ain't it? In the postseason, first time, so.
1: 8.25, that's LeBron James after uh, the Lakers
2: uh, got an earful, literally, yeah, yeah,
1: in the loss. A, that's
13: an
2: interesting statement. So I guess the year they won the title was COVID, so they weren't in Los Angeles. So, And I'm trying to remember this. They haven't played a playoff game at home since he's been there. Dylan oh. Brooks, give him a little... Uh, you know what? Spewing trash, a little venom. I understand trash talking is part of the game, and all you have to do is watch a game, and they have some of these players mic'd up, and you hear all the stuff that's going on but still if I'm eh, you might want to wait you know the Lakers do get home court that that basically ties the series at one apiece why give LeBron any more ammunition it's
1: a classic trap yeah and athletes fall into it all the time and I'm not saying that they don't go in Los Angeles and they may very well go in there and take care of business but man don't give them arguably one of the greatest basketball players of all time any type of motivation. I don't care if he's 38 or 48. Like, what, w- dude? It was one game. It was one game, and it was a big one. Granted, you needed that one, and you know, especially last night was kind of a dud from a from a PR standpoint because both John ja Moran and Giannis were were uh, held out. But man, he he went all in. He, I, I don't care. He's old. I poke oh. bears. I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. So if someone come, so if someone gives you 40 is next week I I don't respect no one until they come and give me 45 like 40 such it, it, I don't know, man. I got to tell you Be this. Be better story. Dylan Brooks. So Be when better. I
2: was working up at Buffalo during the summer, I think it was like 2021, 20, 22, it was an internship job and I formed uh, at this TV station, I formed a a softball team so that we could maybe play a game or two and you know, I was just there for that one summer. And so this this guy who was working there he was in his 30s mark and he came by and said Lee do you think I could play on your team and I said I don't know you're pretty old like he was 33 and I was like it just goes to show yeah uh,
1: anyway now to be fair I, I will be fair about the Dylan Brooks thing yeah uh, according to Brooks's memory of how this all transpired it was James that kind of jawed at him first he did although I don't know if he classifies as – trash talk that he says it was dumb that you picked up your fourth foul. I'm pretty sure everybody would assume that picking up your fourth foul is not ideal, but – LeBron did initiate the conversation, and, and Brooks just – he gave him enough to – Maybe, maybe LeBron did it on purpose to get the motivation he needed. Doesn't so he,
2: Brooks had the reputation of having – Yes. Being mouthy. Yeah. All right. Oh, I, I got to – we got to praise Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery. Uh, we're here because of them. Uh, they're the title sponsor for the championship drive. Dr. Christopher Mullenix, we really appreciate everything that you do. We'll be at Saraland tomorrow. He, along with Dr. Aaron Wallander and Dr. Michael Babston, three outstanding oral surgeons available with no – referral needed. Same day appointments available. They're located at 715 downtown or Boulevard. You can give them a call if you have an emergency at 471-3381. I know I talk about dental implants, but they handle everything, whether it's wisdom teeth, jaw surgery, uh, anything that has to do with uh, problems with the teeth. I would definitely recommend Dr. Christopher Mullinex. All right,
1: so we're at St. Paul's, and as tradition, around 830, we like to bring on somebody
2: who at one time and still to this point represents St. Paul. We're hoping to hook up with Blaine Krim. He's a uh, former baseball star. He's now in the Texas Rangers organization, but they're out in California. So if he's up, uh, he'll be joining us.
1: All right. Stay with us. The Dr. Chris Mullins championship drive continues right here on the sports station, WNSP.
0: To center field, it is gone. Jonah Heim with a titanic blast to center field.
1: Another man. That's how the Himes do it,
2: Lee. What can we say? Yeah, out of the park, right? Yeah, it's it's so you know, we down know... the, you don't claim him like as a fifth cousin or anything. Um, I mean, I will. You should if it helps. Well, I put him in there because of the name. Also because he's with the Texas Rangers, which should lead into our next guest. So, uh, by the way, Shane uh, Sullivan back here. And, Shane, why don't you introduce our next guest oh, for our alumni
7: part? Yes, Blaine Krem. Is he online with us yet? Yes. Good morning, Blaine. Good morning how are we doing uh, good there's a little bit of delay there for us you're way out in California Blaine played four years here <coughs> yeah. and uh, or played his whole career here at St. Paul's and uh, and he went on to Mississippi College and he signed a contract uh, with the Texas Rangers and uh, he's done a great job but uh, uh, Blaine Crim's now in AAA, but that's who he is and uh, and turn it back over to you Lee all right uh, Blaine first of all update us why you're with the Rangers AAA team bring us up
2: to date on how you've been doing so far early part of the year.
6: Yeah, it's been going pretty good so far. Um, we're here in, I think, my third full week. Um, we're in Sacramento, California, playing uh, the AAA affiliate for the, for the San Francisco Giants. So uh, definitely in a different side of the country right now. Um, but it's been going good. It feels good to be playing again. The off season was uh, nice and uh, short but um, it feels good to be playing again. It's going pretty slow for me right now, but um, I think it's coming along better as of late.
2: Blaine, were you drafted uh, by the majors, or were you like an undrafted and get a a free agent contract?
6: No, I was drafted, yeah. I was drafted in the 19th round in 2019.
2: Well, I bring up the point that Jake Peavy out of St. Paul's went in the 15th round and look at the career he had. Talk about your days at St. Paul's and how that helped develop
6: you. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, St. Paul's was, you know, definitely where I think I developed the most as a baseball player. I mean, uh, Coach Sullivan kind of threw me in the gauntlet as a freshman a little bit, which was nice, Um, but you know that was that was definitely uh, you know some some tough baseball for me early on in my career in high school. Um, you know I, I feel like I, growing up I was always one of the better guys on my team, and then you know my first two years of, of high school I kind of struggled a little bit and, and didn't really um, perform at the level I thought I could. So you know the last two years for me in high school were pretty were pretty good for the. Development of my career. Um, I think we had a, you know, we had a really good team my last two years, so we were very successful. Um, and you know, that's just kind of where, you know, I, I I learned that I that I truly did love baseball and wanted to compete at a high level. Um, of course, I didn't think the major leagues were really um, in my, where it was in my future uh, based on. The lack of offers and uh, exposure I had in high school, but it was kind of one of those things that's just, I think, a crazy story, and, um, you know, of course, I wouldn't be here without St. Paul's, so I definitely am very thankful for those years.
1: Yeah. Hey, Blaine, Mark I'm here. Thanks so much for jumping aboard with us. You talk about the different steps and different levels. How different is the jump from? uh st paul's to college didn't like i know you had stints in, in with frisco and, and and round rock and like how different was each of those steps from a i don't know from a, a speed standpoint a talent standpoint and and did it take time to adjust at each of your destinations
6: yeah for sure i mean i, I think i think as, as you jump like every level it's just the 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 overall like speed of the game is what increases i think um you know the game's faster and the fact of just guys are always trying to take like extra bases guys are you know of course hitting the ball harder guys are just developed um you know better but you know from high school to college there was definitely a big difference just because you know it's like almost everybody's every high school's best player is is playing in college of course that at the level i played at it wasn't you know the mississippi state or uh, Ole Miss or Vanderbilt type, but it was still a you know high level of baseball with a bunch of really good players. Um, and then you know the jump to pro ball was definitely <laughs> was definitely pretty tough. It was uh, that was eye opening. I mean, there's just 18 year old kids that are you know throwing 100 miles an hour, hitting balls 500 yeah. feet, and uh, and they have they've never put their hands on a metal bat. And you know I'm coming from a smaller Division II college, and you know, just kind of worshiping some of these younger kids, and they're just still in rookie ball. So I'm like, well, if I'm if I'm thinking so highly of these rookie ball kids, I can't imagine what I'm going to think of like the, you know, the the Double AA, A, Triple A guys. But yeah, climbing through the system in the minor leagues was definitely uh, eye opening as well. I mean, each level has has its different you know, I guess strengths about it. I think double a was uh, a huge jump coming from high a, um, sorry, I think I got a train, by me. but, um, the, the, the jump from high a to double a was really tough. when It just comes from velocity standpoint. I mean, guys in double a are throwing, you know, 9,700 miles an hour now mm. on a regular basis. Um, and have a general idea of where it's going. So um, <laughs> but the yeah, and the the jump from double A AA to triple A was not as significant as high in a double A, but triple A, you know, it's kind of just I uh, you know, I'm facing the you know, at least seven or eight uh, guys who have big league time or are in the big leagues like rehabbing some to some extent. Um, so I'm facing like a very um polished group of players like every day so you, you have to like really be uh on your game like every day here They're, the pitchers don't they don't miss very often so if they do you have to hit, you know you have to hit their mistakes and um you know you're you're not getting many cheap hits with the guys playing in defense so it's definitely a more uh polished game up here
2: We are talking with uh, Texas Rangers uh, AAA prospect uh, Blaine Krim, St. Paul's alum. Describe your home run this week.
6: (laughs) Yeah, that was uh, that was nice to get the monkey off the back. Uh, That was my first AAA home run, so I I had three weeks, uh, about three weeks up here last year, and wasn't able to get one. And then I think, like I said, this is our I think our third full week up here, so it was nice to kind of get one somewhat early and hopefully that can uh, lead to lead to some more. Hopefully they come in waves. Um, But it was definitely a good, good feeling to touch all four bases without having to worry about anybody.
1: Hey, you know we we hear so much about minor leagues, especially uh, uh, single A and, and and rookie, and all that, and the travel and the lack of options there for accommodations and amenities. What what was the was there a just a horrific trip you had to take where maybe the food was just really bad, or you know y'all had two or three door room, or the place was a dump?
6: Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I would say like early on in my. Career, I mean, I will be honest, I think for a a minor league baseball player, from a minor league baseball player standpoint, like I've had a pretty pretty easy road, and I've actually had a lot of good stuff for minor leaguers happen while I've been a player. Um, Like we actually just had our salary uh, doubled a couple weeks ago. Um, So a lot of great things have happened. But like right when I got drafted, I went to Spokane, Washington for – Um, it was called short season at the time. It's not even an affiliate anymore. Um, but so I go 30, 30 hours away from home. Uh, and we had host families up there, which I guess was nice because there was no way on the salary that we were getting. We could afford anywhere to live. Uh, Um, and I had this super nice guy, um, but uh, he and what he had done is he had built out a room in his basement, which was really cool. But um, there was just some some times where, if there was an issue with the bathroom upstairs, <laughs> then it would it would trickle down all the way oh, to man. the to the yeah to the basement. So, I mean, this is very early on. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like two weeks in. I'm taking. I'm in the bathroom taking a shower. Um, I come downstairs and I don't know what ha- had happened, but when I come back upstairs to like finish off my morning routine, the whole bathroom had flooded. And so I'm like, oh goodness. I go downstairs to get some <laughs> towels and it, the whole downstairs has started flooding in my room. So that was... a uh, that was a huge ordeal. I had to, unfortunately, uh, get out of there. So that was not a not a situation I was looking forward to that early on in my career. But um, so far, so good, I guess, besides that. You
2: know, I talk with uh, Blaine Krim. He's with the uh, Texas Rangers A team. I can assume you, you said you're in Sacramento. You're not staying at the Beverly Garland Hotel, correct? I don't even know if it exists anymore. You're not staying there, are you?
6: No, I'm actually at a good. high attached to the – uh, basketball Good. arena. So it's one of the worst worst places ever stay. here in downtown.
2: Let me ask you this: It would be cool. I, I, you know, I know here in Mobile, people still reflect on the Mets of '69 when you had the All Mobile outfield of uh, A. G. Jones and Otis. If you came up and played alongside Bubba Thompson in that outfield, I, I hope it happens this year. <laughs>
4: yeah.
6: Yeah, that would be incredible. I mean, especially being able to grow up and play with Bubba. Um, you yeah, know, that would, I think, be a pretty special uh, thing to be a part of. But I couldn't be happy for him up there. Um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully they put me in the outfield a little more. We'll see. I'm trying to be a little more uh, versatile and not limited to just first base. So. Uh, we'll see. I'm just along for the ride. Hopefully they need me at some point.
7: <laughs> <laughs> do y'all stay in touch, Blaine?
6: You and Bubba? Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, of course, we, we stay in touch way more in spring training and stuff like that and get to hang out, but no, i always keep up with them And anytime you know, I yeah. have a good game. I can always expect something from Bubba or just if we've gone a few weeks without speaking with each other, we always check in. So yeah. You, uh, uh, he's just was, a phenomenal guy.
7: Yeah, we'll see with you. I mean, it, during the spring when y'all were, were together with the Big League Club, uh, we'll see there when you hit your first home run there.
6: He, he was there, but he actually, uh, the, so if you have any service time, you get to kind of go up in the fifth inning. Right. And uh, and I think I hit mine in like the seventh. So he, uh, I, he, was, he was in the locker room waiting on me when I hit it. He, <laughs> he had watched it on TV.
10: Who
7: was it against?
6: It was against the Dodgers. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right, let me ask you, it's two-hour difference, so you ha- you're you doing really well for, what, 6.30, whatever it is out there. I'm curious because yeah. it's tough to get baseball players on in an early morning show because they're out very late. So do you go back to sleep after <laughs> this, or, or just what, what do you do?
6: Uh, Yeah, I, pr- I probably will. Uh, my roommates is asleep, so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I can either go back to the room and go back to sleep or I can roam around Sacramento here this early morning. And I, I don't know if I'm interested in that right now. Um, and then I think I have a lift today. I have a lift today at like 11. So um, yeah. I might go back and hang out for a little bit in the room and then go grab some breakfast and some coffee before. But now I feel pretty good. I mean, I'm up. At, I'm up. I'm, I'm ready to rock now. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, before we let you go, since we have our own professional baseball player on the show today, a day after Max Scherzer got ejected, you can give us your scientific yep. take on <laughs> how sticky a glove gets when you mix rosin and sweat.
6: Well, so when I first got drafted, um, I'm playing in Spokane, watching the first night, and it's like a, you know, seven. 705 star it's dark outside and our starter spraying sunscreen on his arms and I was like what the heck like what the heck are you doing and then he's putting rosin on as well and then so he's doing layers of sunscreen and rosin um, and he was like hey man feel my arms and his arms felt like he had you know super tacky like yeah. sticky stuff on him and I'm like oh well I guess that makes sense and he's Goes out there and he's throwing 97 98, spinning it. So, um, I know, you know, I know pitchers are finding ways around it. Um, and you know, you can't blame them, but I, I, I put a, I put a good deal of rosin on myself when I'm playing third base because I'm just nervous. I'm going to throw the ball into the stands. <laughs> um, so I can't, I can't speak personally on, you know, if, if, if he should have gotten ejected or not. I think. I think he's a big stickler of the rules, so I, I do believe he didn't mean to, um, you know, get it that sticky, but it, in my personal opinion, I'd rather them have a little bit of something that way they don't, you know, leave one up at my chin, um, but yeah, I've, I've seen a guy get ejected before, but he had a just a blatant spot of pine tar on his gloves, so that, <laughs> that was a little different situation.
2: So they check minor league pitchers just as like they do the majors, right, when they come out off the mound?
6: Yes, they do. Yes, they do.
2: Toughest pitch for you to hit?
6: Oh, uh, I would have to say probably a right a righty changeup. Oh, wow. Any time a, anytime a right-handed guy can throw a good changeup, it's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Got
1: you. Hey, thank you so much for getting up with us, man. Uh, Congratulations on all the success, and we we wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward, and and let's do it again soon.
6: Thank you. Of course. Of course.
7: Thank you, Blaine. All
1: right, Blaine Krim, ladies and gentlemen. uh, We come back. We'll uh, close up shop. We'll tell you where we're taking Air Sports 1 tomorrow. We're at St. Paul's now at Dr. Christopher Mullinex Championship Drive, a special Thursday edition. And, of course, we'll give you an opportunity to jump in as well, 694-1055. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP.
6: Hi, this is Mark Malone, former NFL quarterback. You're listening to 105.5 WNSP.
1: Fifty-one, yeah, um, sticky is the word of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Um, We've had some fun with it, that's for sure. Uh, You guys can jump in, 694-1055. I'm just saying, how much uh, rosin and
2: and sweat have been around for years? Hey, before you get to your, uh, tell everybody what's going on next Thursday, can I just say this? Nick really missed the boat today. Okay. And I don't mean, you know, being late or anything like that. I will never forget on this show, and I don't know how many years that we have ever that we have worked, but it's a long time. And we've been together longer than many couples are. Okay, so well, when you put it in like the that. beginning, in the beginning of the show, I will just—I never thought I could ever get Mark to ever say, "Quote." You got me under my skin and that would have been perfect for a lead in song. You're you got me under your skin. I think Frankie Valli did it. That would have been great. I will just never forget that finally after all these years I finally did. No, well
1: see here's here's where
2: you're wrong. First of all, no, Triple I'm D, right.
1: shame on you for not getting the Frankie Valli reference in at 6:15 this morning ago. Secondly, the where you missed the boat on that is it's not that you got under my skin for the first time. It's I've let you know for the first time that you've gotten oh, under my skin. Darn. Okay. If well. you knew how often you got under my skin, we not we may not be doing this show anymore, Lee. I, I take one be? for the team. Where would you be? It's not where I would be. Maybe it'd be where you
2: would be. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. You keep thinking that. Hey, uh, speaking of where we're going to be, I'll tell you where you guys need to be. A week from today, it's our WNSP draft party. That's right. We'll be broadcasting the final drive, not us specifically, but Corey and Michael will be out at walk-ons on airport. Come on out and hang with us leading up to the NFL draft. As that draft starts, we'll do our NFL draft challenge where we will invite you to predict the top ten draft choices in order. There will be a point system that our own Triple G will take care of. And uh, if you are the winner, take a listen to what we got. We got a Traeger Grill from Bailey's TV and Mattress. Valued at like $600, $1,200. It's like this huge thing, right? And we will have a Bryce Young Alabama jersey to give away. Compliments of the vault we got a lot going on. We encourage you to come out there. Everybody's going to be out there. Come see all the fine folks and all the WNSP personalities as we sit around and watch Bryce Young get drafted, watch Will Anderson get drafted. It's going to be a lot of fun. We really encourage you to come out. Walk-ons are excited about having us out. Wes is already pumped up. We'll have some other stuff to give away, too, Lee. We'll have some t- new WNSP T-shirts. I'm rocking one yeah, now, it's really actually. It's nice looking. Really and, nice. um,
2: and so come on out and see us. It should be a lot of fun. I do want to thank uh, special sponsors today for our championship drive at St. Paul's. Hancock, Whitney Bank, Sinorama, Harvey & Thomas Orthodontics. Now, tomorrow... When we take our show on the road to Sarahland, we also uh, will thank uh, Will Barnes' family of McDonald's Restaurants, Greer's Markets and Cash Saver, Beef O'Brady's Tillman's Corner, oh, Rich's yeah. Car Wash. Right, uh, Todd, he's going to be out there with us, right, tomorrow?
1: Todd will be out there tomorrow. Uh, go see him. They open in an hour and five minutes. How about that? And they got the Philly Cheese Steak Special today. So
2: you, I know you joke around, but let's see if you got there at 9 50 would he open the doors or you have to stand outside uh knowing todd he
1: would open it and he would be doing it laughing because he knew it was me that was the if you want to play good joke on our good friend todd go show up just just a couple minutes before
2: we also thank rich's car wash uh sarah thank you so much Ward international trucks lns air conditioning and the green and phillips injury law firm the attorneys all right tomorrow with sarah land kind of a new wrinkle normally on the championship drive we normally do not speak with the athletes we just get the coaches of spring sports but we are scheduled to be joined by two of the outstanding tracksters let's say in this area at 7 30 if it all works out ryan williams of course you know him for football and morgan davis who seems to be in the uh, state headlines almost every other week winning some uh, titles in track and field so along with you know the other the, the, the baseball team's doing really well out there brett batwell is going to join us and some of the other sports that are doing well out there uh
1: so we're looking forward to that so um be listening tomorrow uh we'll keep an eye on things in the uh in the nba obviously the draft continues to
2: be a big topic of conversation uh, Do we know where Phil Cousins is umpiring tonight, just in case? I don't. I want to thank him, by the way. Phil, I don't know you. Uh, in fact, that's the only umpire's name I know now. Um, but thank you for what you did. So that gave us a lot of uh, headlines to talk about today. It was fun. <laughs> see, there's
1: stories like that all the time. But because it was baseball, you gravitated wow, no, no that. No, but yeah, but see, you... it's not every day
2: that we get to actually like, get into it in the first segment. Oh, but I'm just so glad because for you to get into baseball, that's what really got me going. I I love that fact that it it took a story like that for you to talk some baseball. But here's what what surprised me. I didn't, according to somebody in the app, he has thrown out three other pitchers. I had not heard that this year of other pitchers being thrown I'm curious who they were.
1: He's either the best umpire
2: ever or the worst. (laughs) Right? (laughs) right. We're going to find out. Will he get the 10-game suspension or not? Kind of like the same thing we had Draymond Green. Should he be suspended or not? Hmm. Can't wait to hear Dan Patrick talk about the uh, Scherzer story. I'm sure they'll spend a lot of well, time. Well, in your on
1: opinion, it. he neither one Scherzer or Draymond shouldn't be because they're
2: superstars, and you don't pay to watch umpires. I don't. I don't. You pay, you I want those guys either. in no matter what? Well, I we're running out of time on that. I, I wouldn't say no matter what. I with Draymond, I kick don't him have in the face, let him play the next game. Yeah, they need him tonight. Today? They need him tonight. They have to win, otherwise they're down three games to none. It's anarchy. So find them. Find them instead.
1: All right. Hey, nice job, Triple G. We appreciate all the efforts back at WNSP for Lee Shervaney. And I'm Mark Heim. That does it for another edition. We're back at it Monday. No. See, it feels like a Friday. Tomorrow at 6 a.m. Until then,
4: see ya.